Blog Talk Radio. Tonight and every Tuesday for the rest of this month, 
Then we'll expand the show to three hours in September and for the remainder of the football season. As always, this is your show, and it'll be driven by your participation. The call-in number is 646-595-2048. That's 646-595-2048. We have 50 open phone lines, so there's plenty of room for everybody to call in and participate. And we are going to again use the new system that we implemented last week that allows those of you that are driving around and can't stream the show to your mobile devices or computers to listen to the show on their phones. Um, those that want to participate on the show, um, please hit the number one on your keypad, and that will let us know that you would like to come on the show and talk. Otherwise, as long as we have phone lines available, um, those of you who are driving around and want to listen are welcome to. Um, if we get to a point in the evening where we're tight on phone lines, we might ask those of you who are not participating to free up some lines. Um, but we'll be expanding to more than 100 lines once the season starts and feel pretty good that this system will work well throughout the year. As always, we ask the fans on the message boards at canesport.com to provide some of the topics and questions that they would like to see addressed on tonight's show. Here's what they came up with. Are there any rumblings of a defensive scheme change? Are things with the roster finally turning around? How much is Walter Tucker going to be used offensively, a name that you absolutely never hear anymore? Is Malcolm Lewis back to his pre-injury form? Did Thursday night's scrimmage provide reason to feel better about the offensive and defensive line positions? Why are the Hurricanes taking so many days off in training camp? Today, one of them. How will, how will the reps get split up between four running backs? Is it possible that Mark Walton could redshirt and not burn a year of eligibility? Is the noise about Kendrick Norton legit? How is it possible that a true freshman can make this much noise so quickly? What role will Malik Rozier play this year? At what positions is the team thinnest? Linebacker, cornerback, O-line. Those are your top three right there. Will Michael Weish be an improved player and prove that he could play at this level? He's moving around better than he did a year ago, but he, I can't say that he has convinced anybody that he's going to make that two-deep rotation right now, especially with Kendrick Norton coming on, who might take his spot. Will Rafael Kirby step up of Denzel Perriman's place? Will the defensive line attack more this season? So, so much to talk about tonight, as always. Um, so we're going to get right to the phones again. The call-in number is 646-595-2048, 646-595-2048. If you want to come on the show, hit the number one on your keypad, and we'll know it. And right now, we are going to start in the 305 tonight, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing this evening? Hey Gary, get me on nice and early today. I like it. <laughs> hey, you're first in the you're first in the queue. Tell everybody know, who you are. Trick. Tell everybody who you are. Shmira fifty five. <laughs> all right, all right, Shmira. Hey, they gave you a little heat after your call last week. They thought you got a little long winded, so you know, be be I, a little little bit more hard hitting tonight and, and 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 give it to them strong. I won't. I won't be as negative either. Gary, let me ask you a question. So last year we had a little bit of a debacle at the end of the recruiting season, you know, on signing day. What makes this year, and do you see any other, uh, are they, is the staff doing anything differently this year to maybe hopefully solidify any of these recruiters or just basically going to come down to, you know, how, how the team does? 
Robert, it's 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 way too premature for for any of that. I mean, just because of the uncertainty that's going on right now with the program, you know, obviously Coach Golden's under the gun this year to to win and and prove that he has this thing headed um, along the right track. And you know, I, I think the recruiting strategy this year has been to hit it hard, uh, hit it fast, get as many commitments as they could get, and then let the season play itself out, and they'll reassess where they are at the end of November. And um, I, I think trying to figure out right now what's going to happen in February is fool's gold. I mean, it's impossible. Um, obviously, right. a lot of these a lot of these commitments that are there right now um, are going to be hanging by you know the thinnest of strings that you can imagine if this team is around 500 again or doesn't win you know eight, nine, ten games. And you know that's reality. I don't think that's a surprise to anybody. Uh, but to try to say right now what's going to happen on signing day in February, uh, way too far in the future. Right. Would you agree that the way that Miami's handled a lot of their red shirts over the years has just been somewhat mismanaged, that Tyreek McCord is a senior and someone like a Jermaine Grace is basically a, 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 a sophomore right now? Or uh, wait, what is uh, He's a, junior a sophomore? Now. Junior now. A junior. A junior. Yeah. I mean, is that unbelievable to think that these kids are basically through the program with you know almost little to no major impact? Yeah, I mean, I've been saying this for the you know for the past I mean at least four years and I, and you know I I can't remember during the Randy tenure you know I, I think they were a little bit better about redshirting guys but I'm a big believer in redshirting and and I understand that it's a win now business and coaches are under incredible amount of pressure they make a lot of money they don't want to lose those jobs and their instinct is if if, if a guy is ready to help that they're going to put him out on the field and and, and or if they think he's ready to help they're going to put him on the field but what I have found in most cases, and of course there are exceptions, you know, you'll get a freakish kid like an Eric Flowers, who I thought played sure. pretty well as a true freshman. But most of these kids aren't going to impact the season very much as true freshmen. It's very, very rare. And, you know, I just believe that you're better off saving that year of eligibility and possibly having that player for five years. Now, if he's good enough to go into the NFL – after three years and you only get two years of performance out of them, that's okay. I mean, there, there's nothing wrong with that. But, you know, to me, a lot of these linemen um, in, in particular are, are certainly not, not ready to play. A running back or a receiver can, can theoretically do it a little, little bit more quickly. But I'm personally, if you're asking me, a huge believer in redshirting. Um, and, you know, I'm hoping as an observer that they redshirt a lot of these kids in this freshman class this year, because I think a lot of them could be really good players over time. Right. And I just want to ask you just on two current players on the roster, maybe how you see them progressing this year, the kid Jackson from Booker T who they actually did redshirt last year. And that probably did benefit them a lot, I would think. And also Braxton Barrios. Those are basically the two, what, what you thought their potential upside in there, what they could be this season. Well, you know, I'm going to I'm going to start with Barrios. I mean, I I okay. I I think Barrios might lead the team in receiving this year. I mean, extremely impressive uh both as a person and as a football player. Um he uh you know, he he's shifty in the middle of the field. He's he, he knows how to get open. He's Brad Kaya's roommate. They so they have a natural bond. You know Kaya is going to be looking for him and he's going to he's going to get it. You know, when you watch practice, you see him getting the ball constantly. So, you know, I think Braxton Barrios is going to have a huge year. 
uh, and helped this team quite a bit on offense. Now, uh, Demetrius Jackson uh, is in a crowded spot right now. Uh, you know, let, let's face it, you got a lot of bodies out there um, at the defensive end position. Um, Muhammad, Chad Thomas, Trent Harris, um, him obviously, um, and you can only have a couple of them rushing the passer at any at any given time. So you know who they're going to choose to to use in those spots. Uh, not sure, uh, you know. It, but you know, I'm thinking right now that Demetrius Jackson, you know, it might not be the first guy. I mean, I you know, I think Chad Thomas has to be one of them. He he's looked phenomenal in training camp. He he's got a whole by different way, body. He's, which is which is fine, by the way. He would be a redshirt freshman, and normally redshirt freshmen should be situational type players and to build into being productive sophomores, which I think yeah, should it, be the it, actual exactly. friend. I right. totally agree with you, Robert. Absolutely, totally agree. Um, and, you know, the other thing we can't forget is Tyreek McCord. You know, I mean, he, you know, he figures yeah. to get some reps as a pass-rushing defensive end as, as well. So uh, I'm not sure how much Demetrius Jackson's going to play just yet. Um I do think he's progressing physically and getting bigger and stronger. Um, there are times on the practice field where he'll he'll make a great play and, and he'll bulldoze past a, an offensive lineman and make him look a little silly. Um, but is he going to be one of those top couple guys rushing the quarterback this year? Uh, don't have the answer for that right now. Gotcha. All right. I won't hold you much longer, but I do appreciate it. All right. Hey, thank you as always for being part of the show. You got it. Have a good one. All right, nobody should have a beef with that one tonight. He was quick, direct, um, and asked some pretty good questions. All right, 646-595-2048 is the number. Press the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go out to the 757. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, what's up, Gary? This is Kane Kane One. Baby, what's going on? What is going on? I'm doing good. It, it, it's, right, a festival, it's a festival of happiness tonight, Okay. I mean, yeah, everything, is good. Every, man, between, everything is good. Everything is good. Everything is good. Everything I heard in the I'm just happy, man. I'm just happy for all the kids. But they do I, need I to think, reassure some people. Yeah, just, but I, you just gotta, you just got to ride that wave of joy, I think, right now. Man, I'm going to ride this thing all the way to the first, second. Then when we get to the third game, start buckling up. When we get to Nebraska, we start tightening up. You know, from now on, we're going to see what happens. But uh, I'm going to ride it. I ain't no need to talk about nothing. The negative, the kids. All I'm doing good. Of course, everybody's no great, like you said, the same favorite right now, whatever be the case, but all I'm putting in work. Should Walton play? I don't see – you don't have enough balls to get all the running back. You know, because Kyle, you got to get hit. We got receivers. We got tight ends. There's five and seven. Then Vegas threw out. That's a bunch of bogus. If we go five and seven, they need to close the minor pro. There's no well, if, way. If, if Gray is really ready – and, and I mean, like, really ready, and we don't, you know, you can't judge it, in all honesty, from a couple runs in a scrimmage. You know, he's he's got to know the playbook and, 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 and be solid mentally and everything else. But if he's really ready, I, I think you got to consider redshirting Mark Walton. You know, he, he's a young kid. He accelerated his graduation from high school. Um, you get him ready. You have him prepared in case you need him. But I yeah, think sure. you got to consider. I think you got to consider a red shirt there. I mean, in a lot of cases, you're only going to be playing one running back at a time. I mean, in most cases, That's true. they're going to be That's using true. multiple tight ends and receivers. And um, you know, there's. You're right. I mean, there's not got enough balls to go around for four guys. But that's the, that's the same thing I say with Kaiser. I mean, he might be all that in a bag of chips, but we still got Malcolm Lewis. We still got Lane. We still got um, 
Brady, Brady, the young boy, but I don't know how good they're doing. But we're so deep with colon and barrels and, and water. We deep. Why am I putting out there for kick returns and waste? Without question, I redshirt Lawrence Cager. And he's going to be very good. But I totally agree. He's a perfect example of what we talked about a minute ago. You know, to me, you don't blow that kid's red shirt for a couple plays a game. No, you don't do it. But I know they tell the kids everything they want to hear. But when you get PT, of course, today kids don't like to sit. Now, you got your disadvantage in your advantage. Okay, if you sit a year, you can leave that to your sophomore year. But if you play family this year, you have to stay to your junior year, correct? Three years out. Hey, you know, you know what? You made a great point. The kids don't like to sit. I don't have any problem with that. But you know what? From my observation point, one of the issues that this program has had um, with kids on the roster is if you can walk and chew gum when you show up on campus, you're immediately put into the two deep. And to me, that creates a sense of entitlement. And you know, I think that's contributed to maybe some of the lazy practice habits. Um, that we've seen the last few years, and kids taking injuries and things like things like that to get out of practice, and and yes, a sir. whole litany of issues that they've had with kids on the roster. And I think that when you make somebody come in and earn their spot and pay their dues, that that will make them a better player moving forward. Oh, I agree. I agree. That's just like you know, you know, one of my friends Charles was like, with Kevin, you know, it's just practice with." I said, okay, but he running with the twos, they running with the threes. This is what the reports are saying. Everybody's running split time with this, that, and the third. But I'm like, if he's running like this, and then you got Cuz, and then you got Yibby, why blow this man red shirt? Now, maybe you can dress him at home games just in case, because I told him the red shirt, from what I understand, now, once you touch the field, that's it. It ain't. It used to be three games, right? What well, they could, sometimes, me, they could sometimes claim injuries, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, they could sometimes claim injuries, but – but you know, usually if you touch the field, you're not red. You can't redshirt. I mean, they they can they can they can sneak it through with a couple guys a year. You know, where mm-hmm. oh, he hurt his he hurt his wrist, or he's got you know his groin problems, or he's you know his groin's bothering him. Or, you know, you know things like that. But for the most part, you touch the field, you can't redshirt. That's what I thought. Now, like I said, I ain't gonna hold up because I know there's a lot of people out there. Cause it's getting good. We happy. Red wine. Yeah. Should they redshirt? So should he play? Red wine, you know, red wine, you know, he's not going to be ready to play right away in, in the defensive backfield. I've watched them get beat several times in practice, um, but they need some depth. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and I think they're going to play him this year. And, and, and that's one that I personally don't have any problem with. I, you know, I think he can help them on special teams and, um, and, you know, probably benefit uh, from being in the mix to play a little bit. So mm-hmm. I'm expecting Redwine and Jackson to both be active this year and and both play and and because of what they can do on special teams, I don't I don't see any issue with those two. Okay, last question: the depth chart should come out probably what after the next scrimmage, I would assume, like sometime it looks next that week. Way. Yeah, I mean, I, I would mm-hmm. think that if there was going to be one this week, we we might have had it already. Um, yes, so. Sir. You know, they they may wait till after this next scrimmage to put out a, a depth chart. Uh, but I don't think there's been anything that drastic in terms of um, movement on the depth chart. I, I think that, you know, what you've had going into camp is pretty much where you are right now. I mean, the, the offensive line, they're playing around with some different combinations. Uh, uh, Sonny Adagwu has been in quite a bit as, as, as a starter. Um, but, you know, I think you're eventually, you know, probably going to see McDermott win that battle. Um, but, you know, they're mm-hmm. trying to get all three 
tackles, reps at all at both spots so that, that they can be interchangeable during the course of a game in case there's an injury, um, and they can also rotate. Um, so you can't really put a lot of stock in the depth chart there um, on the O-line. And, and really everywhere else, there hasn't. I don't think there's been a whole ton of movement. Okay, probably not. We'll keep our eyes open, but uh, I'm getting ready to get out of here. All Kings Nation, just be happy and ride this mess out. Till next you got time. See you next week. Give us a shout next week. Ali Noho, take care. Okay. Um, let's go out to the uh, 941. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. Oh, hello. Am I live? You are live. All right. Hey, I am the Meister Kane. How are you? How are you there, Gary? All right, Meister. We're doing good tonight. We're doing good tonight. All right, great. Well, I got, I got just a couple comments that I wanted to make uh, to everybody in Kane Nation. And, uh, well, one thing, my grandfather was a football coach back in the 1950s, okay? And there was one, there were, there were a few things that he always told me. He told me one, one important thing was that Rome was not built in a day. It takes years to build up a program. That's one of the things that he told me. And his secret was to uh, build depth and to bond with the guys as a coach, like a father bonds with his children. But nobody was entitled, okay? Everybody had to work really hard to get a chance to play. That's how he was. Don't you think? That's the way I feel is the way to go about it. Oh, yeah, you have, of course. When you have entitlement, to me, that's like um, that's like a disease um, that that just spreads through the program because kids don't work hard, as hard as they need to. Um, they don't have the, the right attitude that they need to right. have, and then exactly. it, it, beco- it becomes like a like a, like literally like a, a a chronic disease that that spreads from player to player. Exactly. So I, I like making guys earn their spot. I like competition. Earn. You've got to earn it. You've got to work yep. hard, and you've got to earn it. You don't go at that. That trophy doesn't come to you. You've got to go after it. You've got to work your butt off every day, and that doesn't just go for football, buddy. It goes for everything. It goes for life. You know your workplace. No doubt about it. You no got anything doubt. else for us tonight? Oh uh, well, uh, not really, I guess. Uh, but this this was my first phone call. So uh, hello, Kane Nation, and. Uh, Hang in there, guys. Uh, I think maybe maybe we'll have a good season this year. Hopefully. I'll keep my fingers crossed. All right. Well, welcome to the show. Thanks for calling in and give us a shout next week. All right, Gary. You you bet. Thank you. Yes, sir. Okay. All right. Mike, Mike. First call to Kane Sport Live. Let's go out to the 985. You are now live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary. Swagger for life here. How you doing? What's up, Swagger? How you doing this week? Doing okay, man. Uh, if I lose you, we got some bad weather going on right now, so I apologize up front. Um, All right. So a uh, couple, couple of things. Last week you were a little down uh, on our uh, O-line and D-line after some of the practices. Not the O-line. Like, I, I was a little down on, on, on the the energy I was seeing on the D-line. Now, from what I've post, been able to gather yeah, in, in the seven days since, they are, yep. from what I'm being told, Picking it up quite a bit. Uh, they're responding very well to Coach Melvin, and people within the program feel good about the work that's going on there. So, you know, that that could be getting better. Okay, good. And that leads that's that's my next question, Coach Randy Melvin. Um, reading a lot about the the difference he's he's making uh, out there uh, with the line. Um, do you see it? 
uh, as far as with technique or, or whatever it is that's going on with the D-line, especially post-scrimmage? You know, I'm always honest, okay? And I'm a show-me guy. I don't make those type of judgments, the, the, you know, the first and second week of training camp. You know, I, I think this program's at the point where you guys got to start seeing performance in September, October, November on the field on game day. And, and, and that's when, to me, the judgments will be made on whether – guys are better or playing with better technique or having a greater impact on the game. Um, you know, we're all about happiness tonight and right now. Everything's great in the program. Uh, the only thing that, you know, I don't, I didn't quite get how you can have running backs playing so well and making long runs and things like that. Um, and most of it being up the middle and not to the perimeter. And, be talking about how great the defensive line's playing but you know i didn't watch the film i didn't see every play i'm you know we're, all we get to go by during these scrimmages is secondhand accounts i i did speak to several people that were out there um and you know i i, I think that they have to show it during the season i don't i don't think sitting here in august predicting greatness all of a sudden from the defensive line that hasn't performed well the last few years um makes any sense you know just being honest Gotcha. Okay. Um, two, two more things, real quick, Gary. One of them I had made mention of, and uh, this is not to be to be negative or a downer, but uh, Stacy Coley um, didn't see much of him uh, or, or written about him coming out of the scrimmage. Um, was he, uh, you know, first of all, I guess was there a bubble screen or did you see one? And God, I hope not. Um, oh, there second, will be there will be many bubble screens this year. I could promise you that. Oh boy. Okay. Um, I guess my question with him is, I mean, how? How? Uh, I mean, what are you hearing as far as coming out again, coming out of the scrimmage, and uh, kind of where do you see uh, where do you see him out among the among the uh, wide receiver group right now? Well, if you were to ask, you know, probably just about anybody in the program, and they were to answer you honestly, who is the best receiver? on this football team, I think in most cases the answer that you would get would be Rayshon Scott. You know, I and I you know, I think that he is their 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 top their top guy at that position right now. Um Stacy Coley's gonna get a lot of opportunities to impact the games. Um I think there's a huge commitment uh, amongst James Coley uh to get him untracked and back playing the type of football that he showed he could play, not just as a freshman, but through high school and, and youth leagues. I mean, I did an interview with Stacy a couple of weeks ago, and we talked about it. It's like Stacy Coley has never not impacted football games. And last year, he really didn't impact football games. And so right. they're, they're going to try hard to get him on track this year. And he's going to you know, have his opportunities, and he's going to have to cash in on them. But best receiver on the team right now, I believe, is, is, is Rayshon Scott. Gotcha. Well, I mean, it makes sense he's coming back. Well, I say it makes sense. I mean, he's got the most experience, I guess, coming back from uh, from injury. Uh, and I know he's got to be the leader out there as a senior. Um, he's probably taking and on that role. Best, and the second best might be Herb Waters. <laughs> yeah. You know? Uh, yeah, I've I mean, read that a lot. Herb Waters might be second best. Stacey Coley might be third. And I already said Braxton Berrios, who's the fourth or fifth guy, might lead the team in receptions. Hmm. I wouldn't it's, be shocked if he led the team in receptions at all, you know. So, yeah, you know, we'll I, see yeah, I agree happens. with that. That finding the balls to go around, especially with those four, that four tight end set that you were talking about earlier. Uh, well, and that's another factor. You know, you, you, you've got you've got Herndon, Najoku, 
um, Dobard and Jerome Washington, all big body tight end types that can catch the football and 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 create mismatches down the field. James Coley's got to use those guys too. So there's there's a lot of names and faces competing for X number of catches per game. Um, it's going to be hard for one guy to break out, but I think Rayshon Scott has the best chance. Herb Waters and, and then and then Stacy Coley. So we'll see how it plays out. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And and I'm uh, on a side note to that too. I'm a big. I believe in Arkeo. I think once we get through those first couple of games, I think by the time we get to Nebraska, I think we'll see some cohesion on that offensive line. Uh, I think you'll have those guys ready to go uh, once we get into the meat of the meat of the season. They'll have them ready to go, but I I don't think there's any question that I mean, and you'd have to throw probably linebacker in there as well. But um, offensive line right now is probably the biggest question mark on the team. Uh, not a ton of depth. You're looking at probably having to play true freshmen in there with the, with the second group. Um, you've got three tackles that that you're working with. None of them I would consider a veteran, even though Trevor Darling played a lot of football last year. I don't consider him an established veteran. Um, he could end up being your left tackle. Um, to, to me, that's the greatest trouble spot on the team right now and where they have the most work to do. Gotcha. Okay, one more question and I'll let you go, Gary. Um, do you see this, what they're trying to do with Malik Rozier and mixing in this, um, you know, this sprint option look attack uh, every year, now and again? You think that, you see that as a plus for, for the offense? I think if um, it works, if it works, it's a plus. If it doesn't work, you're taking your best player off the field. And, you know, I don't think anybody argues that the best player on this team right now at any position is Brad Kaya. And uh, so I don't, I think it comes with risks. Um, you know, obviously the red zone is the most critical part of the field, and and Miami struggled in the red zone last year, and uh, obviously need to do better this year. But you know, if you're talking about red zone packages with Malik Rozier, um, I think they better work. You know, and, and I don't, you know, I, I like, I I don't have any problem with creativity, and I think James Coley is trying to be very creative with this offense this year because they have so many athletes to work with and so many different options, and and could do a variety of different things that are just going to create fits for a defense preparing to face this team. Um, but I think I think you got to be careful in that type of situation and not forget what you really are and and not forget what you're really good at. And um, you know, I think you. You, you, you're going to have to be a little careful with this Malik Rozier package, but if if it works, then obviously it's great if it's helping them win. Yeah, I see it more of as an experiment. I've never been a fan of the rotating QBs, a la what Steve Spurrier made famous for years. Um, I just think it breaks the rhythm of the offense and, like you said, gets the best player off the field. But, yeah, who knows? I mean, if it works and it comes out prior, and then, hey, stick with it. So, All right, well, that's what I'm pretty much what I got. All right, thanks for being part of the show. Thanks, man. Keep me a hold. All righty. The ACC Digital Network came out with a list today, and they listed the top 25 players in the ACC. And there was one Miami Hurricane who, who, was, who was on the list. That was Brad Kaya, who they ranked the eighth best player in the ACC. The fourth best quarterback, by the way, behind Deshaun Watson at Clemson, Eric Golson at Florida State, even though he just got there to Tallahassee, um, and uh, Justin Thomas at Georgia Tech. And 
from there, there wasn't another Hurricane player listed amongst the, um, the – well, actually, I take that back. At number 19, they put a combo of Edwards and Yearby, the Miami running back tandem, and they, they combined them as the 19th best player in the ACC. But um, there is no question in anybody's mind that Brad Kaya is the best individual football player on this team. So like I said, I, I do think that Coach Coley – is gonna you know have to be really careful and very judicious in times where he might take Brad Kaya off the football field. All right, let's go out now to the five six one where you are now live on Kate Sport Live. Hey Gary, it's James from Jupiter. Uh, What's up, James? How you doing tonight? I'm doing great. Called you last week. Um, talked to you a little bit. I was the one who told you to try to keep it. Uh, <laughs> try to keep people to like a four minute time limit, and then you took it out on me. We're doing better tonight, <laughs> anyway. aren't we? I think we're doing pretty you're good doing, so you're, far. You're, you're doing you're doing great, honestly. It's a better uh, it's a better vibe in general because honestly, I thought last week everyone's saying negative, negative. But I know you're a realist, and I appreciate that a lot because uh, you're around the program so much, and you got to keep it real. That's the way it is. Period. Especially for guys like me who've been around since day one and seen how good it can be, and you know what it's become. But on the other hand, I really like what I've been hearing this week. Everything that I've read, um, I think the offense is going to be explosive. I'm really excited about it. Offensive line is obviously a question mark, but I think with you know the receivers, I'm really confident in the receivers, confident in the QB. Unlike the last caller, I, I think that the Rozier package could be good. Obviously got to experiment a little bit, especially in the earlier games against some Inferior competition, but um, no, I think that can tell you be... anything. You know, I, you, you were, the time to experiment is against Nebraska. Yeah, if, yeah at Nebraska. least it's a respectable yeah. opponent. You'll you'll get a real a real answer to your questions. You're not going to get any. Thing, you're not going to learn anything is, is, by uh, doing things uh, against Bethune Cookman. I, I agree. I agree. But what I've read about Rozier, anyway, maybe you could you could tell me more. Is that um, not only does he have some wheels. But but he is a baseball player. He's got an arm. So what if he just drops back and throws one to those explo- you know explosive receivers we're talking about? It can go a lot of different ways. You know, um, it could be good, but um, we'll see. I, I kind of like the idea of something something different in there. I really I really like the uh, the receivers and the running backs. I've been high on Walton for a very long time. I watched him all throughout high school. I think he's got a lot to contribute. He's got to take a back seat a little bit. Um, the red shirting question. Um, I don't think we should red shirt him. I think we should play him this year. Cager, like you said before, I agree with you. We should red shirt him, even though he's a stud, because of how deep we are at receiver. Um, my my biggest concern uh, is our is our run defense. You know, we've typically got lit up the past few years. I'm really worried about that, and I want to know. Honestly, what you think we're going to do this year, run defense-wise? I know our DBs are badass, but I'm I'm still worried. What do Big you think con- about that? To me, it's to me it's a huge concern, and no surprise here that coming out of the scrimmage, that there was talk about the four running backs doing great, and they're doing great behind an offensive line that's a work in progress. Um, so that run defense is an issue for this team. Is to me the expected. You know, I think you have question marks on the defensive line uh, to the point where a true freshman might walk in and play significant reps at defensive tackle. 
um, if things keep going the way they appear to be going. Um, I think you've got concerns at linebacker. I think Jermaine Grace is as athletic and phenomenal as he is, and he is a bullet to the football. Um, I think there's going to be times. But he's tiny. Yes, he's he's tiny. tiny. Yes, and there's going to be times when he's going to be challenged against the run. I, I don't I don't think you have you know what you're gonna get from the other side when there's three linebackers in the game. And I think something that nobody thinks about is how soft the cornerbacks on this team are against the run. Artie Burns is yeah. not very good against the run. Tracy Howard is not very good at against the run. Corn Elder is not a big corner. He's getting a lot better. Um you know, we'll see how he does this year. He has he's gained some weight. Uh, he's up to about 185. We'll see how he does against the run this year. But, you know, they're a little soft out there on the perimeter um, against the run. But um, in practice, the, the first week and a half, um, really they've done a decent job defending the outside running game um, from what I've seen and heard. So um, it, it's it's definitely going to be a place where they're challenged. There's no question about it. We'll just have to see, you know, if they can be better than they were last year. I mean, I just took a look at at, uh, at Phil Steele's rankings. Okay, we have the number three toughest schedule in the nation, ranked by Phil Steele. Okay, Ohio State's like 42. We're number three. Now it's going to be really tough, and these coaches are watching, so they're going to attack whatever they can. Again, my main concern is, is the run D. You know, I know that you just gave a great response on that, but I think we're both in agreement that that's a big question mark, and I'm really worried about that. Um, although I think the group might be better as a group this year, even though Denzel was there last year and he was, you know, obviously took people's heads off, but he was a one man. So I'm just hoping that, that, that D can step it up. And, um, like I said, a lot of positivity all of a sudden this week, I feel. So I'm hoping for the best. I'll leave you with that. Have a great show, Gary. You got it. Thanks for being part of it. Give us a call next week. All right. You got it. All right, 646-595-2048 is the number. Again, when you call in, if you want to be part of the show, just hit the number one on your keyboard. Um, let's go out now to the 850. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, how's it going? Going good, going Hello? good. How you, who's this? It's Omar. All right, Omar, Tell what you got for us? Not too much, man. Uh, first, um, I'm concerned about the defense of line also. I mean, the issue, the thing of it is, you have a true freshman who is the talk of the scrimmage. That's not a good thing. Like, you telling me it's juniors, seniors on, well, mostly juniors, not that many seniors on the offensive line. And the thing that is talked about is uh Junior D, I mean a freshman, true freshman D tackle. Well, yeah, you'd feel here, better uh, what was here if it was like? Anthony Moten they were talking about. You yes, know? yes, yes. I mean, you're talking about someone that went up against what he said with twos and threes. Yeah, yeah you right. Who, who those you were? Would, what you're looking to hear is that Hurdleu is doing great. That Kamalu. Yes, is I want to hear Hurdleu. Yes, yes, yes. I want to hear that. That yes, I want to hear that. They just went. Oh, he was a beast. I, I, I'm tired Mike of hearing White. people saying about the size and stuff of these players, like uh, Warren saying, oh, he, he looked good, he looked good. When it comes down to the scrimmage, I ain't hear nothing about him. I ain't hear nothing about him. Norton, you know, Kendrick Norton, he's still got his baby fat and all, but he, he is going to be a very good football player. I, I watched him. I believe that's a good thing. 
Yeah, I watched him extensively at the um, Under Armour All America game last year, and 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 just you know spent a good half hour watching him practice. And they were using him. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he could play offensive line too now. I mean, if they had more, if they had more depth yeah. on the D line, they could be, he could be um, a solution yeah. to some of the problems on the O line too. But he's he's a very good football player. He's he's got a great work ethic, and it it is great to see him doing well. But I do agree with you. You, you wish he wasn't coming up ahead of some of those guys that yeah, have been it, in front of him. It's like bittersweet when when you hear that. Like, okay, it's good, but not, it's not. It's like it's not good because what happened? What? Who is the people that are really going to be starting? What did they do? You know? Yeah. And, what did they and, do? And, and um, reality is, you're you're only gonna you only figure to be able to get so much out of a freshman defensive lineman. Yeah, yeah. It's just that right there. I, when I heard that, I'm like, man, that's huge. I mean, even Warren Sapp, he, he came as a tight end. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, we'll yeah. see. This is a night yeah. of, about happiness, and uh, it, it's very yeah, good. To yeah, I don't want to be too negative, but that's the only thing that I'm, you know, as a fan, and I, I have I have standards. I don't seen too many good players come. I don't think us do way better, so. I'm sick of all these small, you know, standards that we hold ourselves to as Kane fans. You know, I want to see the best for our team, and, you know, it, I want to see the best production. But it's just what I'm hearing is just scary a little bit. But um, I don't have too much. I mean, you really went across a lot of stuff. Uh, I don't, I, that's the only all thing right. that I really want to talk about. I'm, I'm not going to hold you up. I'm going to keep you pushing. I'll just listen in. You got it, man. Thank you for being part of the show. All right. No problem. All right, let's let's go now to the four zero four, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing tonight? Jerry, what's going on, man? How you doing? Good evening. Doing great. Who's this? It's Roland, man, from New Orleans. Hey, what's up, Roland? How you doing this week? I'm I'm good, man. I'm doing good. I just had a couple questions uh, for you, and I'm gonna keep it real short. First question is, uh, um, how have how have you seen the uh, relationship between the uh, the, uh, the DBs and safeties with the uh, with the uh, DBs coach. How's that been? Because obviously there's been some issues as far as recruiting and getting. Yeah, uh, I mean, cool. I'll be honest with you. I mean, I, I've been pleasantly surprised with with that group, and 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 I thought, you know, you know, I mentioned I think last week, Corn Elder to me is one of the most improved guys on the team. He 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 looks to me like he is without question, ready to take the next step of progression in his career. Um, Artie Burns, I mean, he he needs to play tougher against the run, um, but but he's been pretty solid. Tracy Howard's relatively solid. Uh, And then you've got all that depth at safety. So right now the defensive back position is probably in the best shape overall that it's been since Al Golden got here. Um, So, you know, in terms of how they're getting along with Paul Williams behind closed doors, I can't really answer that question. Um, but in terms of evaluating the position, probably, you know, especially when you factor in the three freshmen, uh, Redwine, Michael Jackson, and uh, Jaquan J- uh, Johnson, I mean, it's it's pretty darn good, you know? Okay, okay. And what about, uh, honestly, I, I think that, um, you know, there's a man, Grace, I know he's a little bit undersized, but I think Miami, uh, over the last six years, have really liked, um, uh, maybe a, a linebacker, two twenty, two fifteen, with just pure speed. I know again he may not have the size, 
you know, of the, of, of the you know, some of these you know, bigger linebackers, but somebody can, that can really get to the ball. So I think that that will be helpful this year. What do you, I mean, what's your thoughts on that? Well, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a name to keep an eye on, okay? And and, mm-hmm. and I don't know how quickly it's going to happen, uh, although based on the situation at this position, mm-hmm. I, it, it, it really could happen this season. That's Jamie Gordoner. Okay, he's a true freshman. He's 6'4", 235. They're trying him out everywhere. And, and, and I love the way this kid looks, okay? And, and um, you know, I hope his dad's listening tonight. I know his dad is on canesport.com pretty regularly and, um, you know, seems like a really, really good family and everything. And th- this kid is, is, is really impressive physically looking to me. Um, and I, I think he's been doing pretty well here the first couple of weeks of practice. Like I said, they're, they're, they're trying to give him a crash course. They're playing him both inside and outside and, and, and trying to get him integrated and how he does mentally will probably determine how much he's able to help them this year. But that's a name that I would watch out for, particularly with Jawan Young being a little nicked up here early in training camp. I was kind of hoping he would take the next step in that progression and be the type of guy you're talking about, 6'2", 245. Um, but let's be honest, linebacker is a big problem area, and it's a problem area because they haven't recruited well at the position. Um, you got way too many wasted scholarships there. Uh you know, um, just to, to throw out a couple of names, Terry McRae to me is a guy yeah. that you know never should have been recruited uh, to, to Miami. Just is not a Miami level player. He, he's he's certainly one guy that comes to mind. I mean, you're trying to take a six one, two hundred and twenty pound safety, Marquise Gayat, and make him a linebacker. Uh, to me, that's a tough experiment right now. That that you know you're trying to to execute at a, at a time when you need uh, playmakers at this position. So, you know, we'll have to see the young kids to me are too small. Uh, James King is barely 200 pounds. Uh, Charles Perry is listed at 212. I'm not convinced he really is. Um, so they they recruited small freshmen and it's it, other than the, the Jamie Gordon, the kid that I mentioned. And um, it's, it's a spot that's not real, real solid right now. And, and it, it's got some problems. So, you know, we'll see. Okay, and last question, I'm done. Uh, and if you can just keep me on, that'd, that'd be great. Um, just uh, overall, this is kind of a little quick two-part two question uh, as, it, as it relates to uh, the D-line. Um, do you see any major improvement with the D-line? And also with D'Onofrio, um, I know this is a golden scheme, but do you see more of, uh, uh, well, less of read and react? Well, yeah, <laughs> I don't, you know, everyone's dying to to want to see a different scheme and everything. I don't think that you're going to see anything that's going to be drastically noticeable to the naked eye. You know, you, you're still playing with that hybrid hybrid uh, defensive end linebacker. Um, it's still very similar type formations. Maybe they'll try to blitz a little bit more and bring a little more pressure than they have in the past. But I don't think you're going to see anything that's drastically different. Um, in fact, I think one of the things they're hoping for on defense is that because a lot of these guys have been in the program, that they'll be more solid with the system mentally. And I don't think they want to change the entire defense and start from scratch. So, um, uh, you know, we'll yeah, we're not see. changing not, not not change the whole defense, but at least no. the D line a little bit more aggressiveness, a little bit more. We'll see. You know, we'll we'll see. Well, yeah, I mean, we'll see. I. Mean, I, I, I 
I personally have never really bought into all that. I, I, I've always felt it's a personnel issue that they haven't had good enough players up there. Um, you know, that's my feeling on it. I don't, I don't feel that they've had a great defensive lineman who's been held back by the scheme. You know, and, and with all respects to the hype of coming out of Pittsburgh early in training camp with Anthony Ciccolo and his linebacker experiment and all that. And I know Luther Robinson stuck with the Green Bay Packers as a backup for a couple years. And there was some talk about how his, his technique was all screwed up and they made some changes into in his technique and it made him a better player, but he, I, you know, but they, but then they cut him. Okay. So, I mean, I've never, I've never bought into that there's been these great players held back by the scheme. I just think they haven't recruited well enough. That's that's my opinion. Way too many wasted scholarships, way too many yeah. undersized undersized kids, um yeah. and and just not being competitive enough on the national stage for the elite players at the most at difficult position to recruit in in college football. And that's defensive line. I mean, I don't think there's any question about it, and defensive tackle in particular. Yeah, you're right. I mean, every time you go look on the board, all you can see is uh, old linemen, uh, receivers, uh, athletes. We, I, I never see on the boards, you know, any any major top tier D, D tackles, and that's frustrating, man. They so have not recruited that position very well. And I'll tell you something else. And you know, I'm concerned about the the, the defensive tackle they took in this last class. Um, you know, Ryan Fines from the from IMG. Yeah. You, you know, I'm not convinced that he's going to really be a player either. You know, so. You know, I think that was a little bit of a reach in recruiting. But, you know, hopefully he proves me wrong. But, you know, I'm just giving it to you the way I see it on face value. And they have just struggled mightily to recruit at that position. Yeah, mightily. That's, 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 uh, that's you speaking kindly because it's been, it's been a long time since. Uh, it's, it's been, we're it's, it's been we're all about happiness tonight, so we're going to be kind. You're right. Be positive. But just keep me on yeah. hold, man. I appreciate everything you, you do. Thank you, as always, Thank for being you. part of the show. All right, 646-595-2048. Remember, if you want to come on the show, hit that number one on your keypad. Let's go back to the 850. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary. How you doing? Good. Who's this? This is Travis. Hey, what's up, Travis? How you doing this week? Uh, another another week up here in Tallahassee, man. All these FSU <laughs> people showing up in town. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I guess all the students are showing up. The new wave of Seminoles. So what you got? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> well, my main question um, it was about the Malik Rozier package and everything like that. Are they trying to make that just a uh, goal line situation, third down? Will it be a whole series that he's in there? I mean, are they going to trot him in and out? Um, I, like I think every other de- play or something I like that. I think be determined. I don't think that's been really been decided yet. I, you know, I, listen, here's what I think. When James Coley recruited Malik Rozier, and you remember they, they're taking two quarterbacks in the class, and which which is not ideal. You're 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 in an ideal situation. Had Jed Fish done his job recruiting quarterbacks, your ideal situation is to take one quarterback per class. Okay. Right. Um, they needed because of the failures of Preston Dewey. And, and Gray Crow and David Thompson being strictly baseball and having those issues when he got on campus, those health issues, they were in a right. real bind at quarterback, and they had to take two guys. So I think when James Coley recruited Malik Rozier, he promised him that even if Brad Kaya was the starting quarterback and turned out to be the better overall quarterback prospect, that he would make sure that there was a package in place for Malik to showcase the talents that he brings to the table as well. Um, and 
that you know he also would get the opportunity when when Kaya left to compete for the for the number one job and and you know I I, I think that that's being lived up to. So right, and it's like kind of a Russell Wilson type player. That's what I remember in the bios about him when he was coming out. You know, he could run but had a rocket arm. Yeah, um, um, had to work on his accuracy. Probably not as polished of a passer, obviously, as Russell Wilson, who's now emerged as one well, of yeah. the top quarterbacks in the NFL. Um, but Malik's taken taken big steps but forward. NC State Russell Wilson. Yes, <laughs> yes, yeah, that's probably yeah. more accurate. Yeah, but yeah. you know he's taken some good steps forward, and and he's looked he's looked pretty good at times on the practice field. And I and I think there's a commitment to mix it up a little bit and give him some playing time. Uh, how often it's going to be used, when it's going to be used. Um, I'm sure James Coley has an idea of what he wants to do in his mind, but it's certainly not something that's being discussed or publicized um, because that would be giving away game plans. Um, I just hope they're not transparent like they are on defense on third down where, you know, here comes Tyreek McCord and now Caden Muhammad again, you know, and you know exactly what they're going to do and teams could scheme for it. It's like, all right, here's third down. Here's Malik Rozier. They're going to do a read option. Yeah, yeah. or or hey, we're inside the twenty. Okay, time to time to change offenses. I, I, you know, I said it earlier in the show. I think it's a, a slippery slope that they're, they're yeah, there's going no reason there. for it when you have Brad Kaya. You know, if Stephen well, we'll Morris see. was there, sure, let's go ahead we'll and see. do it. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. I, you know, you don't want to criticize it yet because it might work and it might be the greatest right. thing in the world. Um, but it, it's a slippery slope. There's no doubt about it. And if it doesn't work and you know ends up costing them a ball game or something then you know obviously it's going to be something that's going to come in big time question so um right well and it's not I, just the quarterback I, I it's uh, the offensive line trying to you know do something different you know jumping off sides in a, in a critical down and distance or something like that because they you know they have to pull and run to the left the guard or something like that and it's uh yeah i just think it's a situation set up for disaster yeah I, i'm never a proponent of taking my best player off the field. Um, but I do, but I do see the trends around college football and I do see how quarterbacks are being utilized as weapons running the football. Um, and the success that a lot of teams are having doing that. And, you know, I don't fault James Coley by any stretch of the imagination for wanting to tap into that a little bit. But if Brad Kaya shows up as good as I think he's going to show up, um, if he can handle all the, the responsibility that's being put on his shoulders, um, I, man, I, I, I personally, I have a tough time taking that off the field, especially in, in critical times when you're trying to score inside the red zone. So we'll see what happens. We'll well, you know, you brought that up last week about all the pressure. The one thing I would like to say about that is, you know, he does come from obviously a famous uh, mother or whatever. So he's had a little bit of fame growing up also playing sports at a, at a high level, but you know, coming, from a celebrity or whatever. So I think, you know, the pressure of that and being in a spotlight a little bit more than other people, he should be able to handle that more than your average, you know, high schooler coming out of college. Even though little, little Snoop there wasn't able to handle it. You know, obviously. Well, he's, he, he has handled everything that's been thrown at him so far. So we'll see what happens. All right. You got anything else? All right, this awesome. Week? Yeah. I got one question. You brought up um, Terry McCray as somebody that you didn't think was going to really pan out or anything. What about um, Mike Smith? He's kind of nope. in that same undersized mold, you know, that they yeah, keep bringing and, in here. And I apologize to Terry McRae for singling him out because I should have included Mike Smith in the same in the same sentence and conversation. Um, he's another one that I just don't don't think is going to make that big of a contribution to this team. Uh, you know, I, I just I, I just don't. 
Okay, and the other one was uh, Jawan Young. I know that he's been nicked up, but uh, does he seem like he's going to have a predominant role yes. this season he, when he does he, get healthy? He he has a lot more promise, you know, and he's one that I thought was going to make a move here in training camp, but he's been a little nicked up. That slowed him down. We'll see how it goes here the next few weeks as we get into games. Um, but I, I would think that Jawan Young has a chance to take a, a step forward this season. I mean, that kid really looks like a Miami football player in my eyes. Even last year as a true freshman, I mean, yeah. the kid was huge. He was, he was already six Denzel two. Perryman walking on, cam- on six campus. 6'2", two, six two, 245, that's what you want your linebackers to look like. And, you know, it's yeah, a, and a solid 6'2", 245. You know, why they're recruiting 200-pound linebackers, I have no idea. They're six foot. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't get it. Everybody's Jermaine Grace, you know. It's like, okay, I get it. You you maybe get one of those like every other cycle or something like that just to have the speed in there for something different. But other than that, I mean, especially if you're going to run a 3-4, Jermaine Grace is a linebacker. Jermaine Grace is a freak athlete, okay? You know, yeah, he's 6'1", 208 pounds or whatever. But he is a freak athlete. That's a, it's a bullet on the, and, and a weapon on the defensive side of the field if you can figure out ways to use him properly. Okay, I can't say the same about some a couple of these other guys that have been recruited that are undersized. And I just I don't understand why why they're recruiting them. I really don't. And why they keep um, doing that. you know, hopefully I do have that's one more question. Um, yeah. Um, is Dallas Crawford going to start a lot of games this year? I mean, I like the kid a lot, and I like him as a backup, but I don't want to see him as the main guy out on the field constantly this year. I think our date, our safety depth is way too much to have him as our starter. I mean, I think the top three have to be Jenkins, Bush, and Carter. That's my opinion. Okay. Um, you know, Dallas Crawford should help enormously on special teams. My guess is he'll be on every special teams. Um, my guess he he probably will get to play some, but the top three safeties on the field have to be Bush, Carter, and Jenkins. And if Jaquan Johnson really is as good as they say he's going to be, I right. gotta believe he's going to push Dallas Crawford for for that number four spot. So we'll see. You know? Awesome, awesome. That's what I want to hear. Well, thank you so much, Gary, for your time, and uh, have a great show. And call you next week. You got it, man. Thanks for being part of it. All right, let's go out now to the 615. You're now live on Kingsport Live. Hey, how you doing? Doing good. Who's this? Man, this is everybody's favorite poster on Kingsport. You Miami alum. You've been kind of quiet the last few months. Did we ban you or something? Yeah, man, you always are banning me, and then you bring me back, and then I get banned again. I just can't control myself on there, you so know? Are, are, are you active now or inactive? Oh, God, I don't even know, man. I'll try to I'll either. try to post tonight, and we'll see. All right. <laughs> I so have what, no idea. So what three, you got? Three questions for you, man. You know I can't be too positive. Um, so recruiting, I, I think you mentioned recruiting earlier in the call. Um, and what's being diff- done differently this year to hold on some of these to some of these recruits we have? Um, I'm just wondering if Blake James. Do you think he's put out feelers just in case this season goes bad and we have to look for a new coach? Because I think you know a new coach needs to be hired quickly, so he has time to get a relationship going with these recruits. What's your opinion there? My opinion, and and I hope I'm right about this, would be no, because. There, there is nothing that would hurt the University of Miami more with with the pool of coaches out there 
than to be looking for a coach while they have a coach, <laughs> you know, get yeah. ready to start start a new season. Um, that's a no no in the coaching industry, and and a lot of coaches would lose respect for a school that did that. Um, and I okay, think well, let me, you know, wait, 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 let me let me let me let me give you an example. Like you know, and and Jeremy Foley up at Florida, he's an experienced athletic director. You notice when and and you're you're right spot on about when you make a coaching change and you have a lot of work to do. You can't dilly dally and and and, and take forever to do it. And you'll remember um, that Florida fired Muschamp with a few weeks left in the season last year because. Jeremy Foley was getting ready to go out and look for his next guy, and and he didn't want to be doing that while he had Muschamp on the uh, underemployment, and that's why he fired him early before the end of the season. Um, so I would say no, that I don't think there's any searches that have begun. I, I think right now they're invested in Al Golden, and, and Al Golden is, is getting their 100% unquestioned support and given every opportunity to have a very good season this year. And the results are going to speak for themselves. And uh, I, I do think that if you get to be, you know, get into November and mid-November and it's obvious that you're going to need to make a coaching change, I think there's some hard decisions that are going to have to be made at that point. And, and you know, we, we can cross that bridge if, if, if that's what we're faced with in November. But right now, sitting here today, I would say no. I, I mean, I'm sure he has an idea in his mind how he would go about it if he, if he did have to, you know, go down that road and find a new coach. I mean, I don't think there's any secret that Al Golden is under the gun this year. So um, he would be a bad athletic director if he didn't have an idea of what he was going to do and how he was going to approach it. But has he started putting feelers out? No, he doesn't need to do that. What he, who's he going to put feelers out to? Greg Schiano? Of course Greg Schiano wants the Miami job. Um, what's he going to do? Hey, Butch, if I'm looking for a coach, would you be interested? Of, of course Butch would, Butch would be interested. Oh, hey, Rob Chudzinski. If I'm looking for a coach, you know, what do you think? You're going to throw your name in the hat? I mean, he doesn't need to do that. Of course, all those guys. Mario, do you think he doesn't need to call Alabama and and ask Mario if he's going to be interested in the Miami job if it comes open? So there's no need for any of that. All right. So next question is, you know, know, I feel there's no way Golden's here win or lose. If he loses, he's going to get fired. If he wins, I think he takes another job where his personality fits better. My question is, do you think the University of Miami understands now that you get what you pay for? Are we finally willing to pay top dollar for an elite coach and not some up and coming? Listen, I, I'm, I, I would address you by your first name, but I, don't, I forget what it is. But listen, they are paying top dollar. <laughs> okay, the, Al Golden is making more money than any coach that's ever been at the University of Miami. And, and they gave him a nine-year contract. Okay, they, the coordinators are making more money than coordinators have ever made in the history of the University of Miami football program. They have more support staff than they've ever had. They've given them the budget. They've increased the nutrition program. They built a new training table. Um, they put in new practice fields. They're, they they built the Schwartz Center. I mean, the University of Miami football program today. Wait, compared to where it was five years ago, there's no comparison. Okay. That means so, nothing, but, though. That means but, nothing yeah, but, because historically Miami has paid so much less than everybody else. Let me ask so you, question, how do you feel right now if you're paying Al Golden $4 million? Like, you don't need to just pay people for the sake of paying people. How do you think Texas – now, Texas has all the money in the world. Great, whatever. Is Charlie Strong a $5 million coach at Texas? Are you kidding me? I mean, like, you know, you don't just have to pay people just to throw money away. I mean, if you can get – Nick Saban, 
you know, if Nick Saban were willing to leave Alabama and come to Miami, would that be worth you know opening up the vault and finding another three four million dollars a year? Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, how many guys are there? Urban Meyer, Nick Saban. There aren't too many others. You know, everyone wants to talk about Gary Patterson. Good, great job he's done at TCU. Uh, and I'm not sure. I think he's making two million there, two and a half million at TCU, whatever. You going to offer him five million to come to Miami just for the sport of it? I mean, you don't know how, how Gary Patterson's going to fit at Miami. Is he going to be able to recruit the the you know Dade County? How's he going to mix with those with the people in the community and things like that? You don't you don't know those things. It's not just about throwing money around at a head coach to to, to look good in statistics. I mean, it, it's it's about who you're hiring and and what they're what they command. So how much does Golden make right now? Two and a half million. There's no okay, coach in Miami so that's ever made more. <laughs> that's fine. But to compete in today's college football arena, you have got to pay more than that to get a good head coach. Unless get you find whom? To get whom? Seriously. Seriously, to get whom? Gary Patterson, Charlie Strong. I don't even think Mario Cristobal would come here for two and a half because he's probably making close Mario to Cristobal that. Mario Cristobal come here for less than two and a half because Mario Cristobal understands uh, that – the key to success is your coaching staff. And Mario Cristobal would, would rather take that extra million and share it amongst his assistant coaches and make sure he gets the best staff in the country than put it in his own pocket because when they win, he's going to make his anyway. Oh, okay. We'll but, 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 but what I'm saying is, you know, you, it's, I mean, sir, I'm being honest with you. I mean, who are you going to pay? Like, what is Charlie? Charlie Strong, what has he really done? Okay, he had a few good years at Louisville. Do you know that Mario Cristobal, with his FIU team, went to Louisville and beat Charlie Strong? You remember that? Great. Great. And then the next year, with with one of the worst teams that they had, that that that, that went three and uh, three and nine that year, and when Mario got fired, they only lost fourteen to seven to Charlie Strong, and and Charlie Strong. That's great. Saying which one I would rather have. No, no, but I'm showing you something. I'm, I'm, listen, I'm trying to show you something, and I don't want to get long-winded here. So let me just let me just make my point. You know, Charlie Strong built Louisville on Clint Hurt's back. I don't know if you remember Clint Hurt from when he was at Miami. He's a, he's, a, he's a Miami guy. Okay, he went there with Charlie Strong, and he recruited all those kids from South Florida that made that Louisville program what it was. Teddy Bridgewater and all those guys that that, that made them so great. If he doesn't do that and he isn't on that staff, Charlie Strong isn't winning 11 games at Louisville and beating Florida in the Sugar Bowl. No way in the world, okay? And he's not making $5 million at Texas. Texas overpaid for him, and they're going to end up you know, getting rid of him in the next couple years. And, and, and I think Charlie Strong is one that might throw his name in the hat at Miami, and he might get the job. Who knows? But I'm just, I'm just using him as an example of a guy that's being way overpaid. And, and I don't think there's that many guys out there right now that you're going to be able to hire that command more than $2.5 million a year. I don't think that's an issue. Well, yeah, whether I agree or not, you have to pay more to get them. That's the problem. But, but, that's the point who, I'm making. Who specifically are you talking about? <laughs> Any, but okay, you don't think Cristobal – you think Cristobal would come here for two and a half. But Strong – uh, Patterson, any of these other guys that's been mentioned on the board, they're not coming here for two and a half because they're already making more than that. Why would they? Correct. So why would they even leave where they are? Because it's Miami. Okay. But, but what makes you, Miami you such a great fit for Gary Patterson? Like, you don't know. Say that again? 
what makes Miami such a great fit for Gary Patterson? You, you don't know. It's a, it, it's an experiment. Well, he's one. I don't know if he's a great fit here he's or not. He's he's great, you, you, you never know job. if anybody's going to be. You never know if anybody's going to be a great somewhere except somebody was born and raised in 305 and played here like Cristobal was. But the fact is, look at Patterson and what he's accomplished versus when Al Golden got the job. It's night and day, man. Yeah, I agree. But uh, but but I'm just saying it's not it's not just about opening up the bank account and throwing money around. That's what I'm trying to tell you. All right, any other subjects for tonight? No, man. Just uh, put me on hold and I'll hang up and listen. You got it. Hey, thanks uh, Thanks for calling in and uh, hope you're not banned and you can start a new season with a clean slate. All right, let's go out to the 949. You're now live on King Sport Live. Are you with us? Going once, going twice. All right, you're going to have to call back. Don't hit number one if you're not coming on the show. Let's go out to the 347. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary, what's going on, man? This is Kwame. Hey, what's up, Kwame? How you doing this week? I I, I can't complain. I've been, you know, trying to keep up with camp and and follow along. And I guess I had a, you know, a couple of points I wanted to touch on. Uh, you know, the first is the schedule. As I look at it, you know, obviously October is a challenging month for us. You got to play a tough Thursday night road game at Cincinnati, and then another tough road game, of which this will be my first Florida State game that I'm going to. A coworker of mine just happens to be an FSPU alumni, and oh, so wow. I'm going to the game with him and sitting in the Florida State alumni section, and I will <laughs> be green and orange down to my socks, literally. Well. I'll tell you that's it's a special experience going to Tallahassee for a Miami Florida State game. I mean, obviously it's special here too, but um, the atmosphere at those games is is just off the charts, and uh, it's a lot of fun. I'm ecstatic about it, and I, I sort of feel like if I'm going to be a realistic fan, because to be honest with you, I I bet my entire fraternity chapter that Miami would go at least within at least nine games beat Florida State and get to the ACC championship. I put 200 bucks on the line on that. So I got some skin in the game here. But if I'm going to be realistic, I can say that if Al Golden loses more than four games this year, he's got to go. And I, and I would say this, if he goes eight and four, one of those four losses cannot be to Florida State. I, I, I just think, you know, no matter what the record is, I don't know one Miami coach that has lost to Florida State for five years in a row and still kept his job. They don't tolerate that that crap at uh, Ohio State. They got rid of that guy Cooper for that. Okay, I think he only lost to Michigan about two or three times. And they said, that's enough. <laughs> We're not going to tolerate this. We can't keep getting whacked by Florida State. And my, my marker is simple. He had better win for my first FSU Miami game. I can, to be honest with you, I could give a damn about the rest of the season. I want us to do well, but I know he's still developing his talent. But five years in a row of losing to Florida State, I will not stand for that. And I, and I don't think a new president or Blake James will stand the backlash from us uh, if he loses five years in a row to Florida State. That's I don't know one Miami coach has done that. Can you name one? No. 
and, and it's fair, you know, that's fair enough. And you know, I don't think that your ex, you know, your barometer is anything so detached from reality. I, I, I think seven wins doesn't get it done. I think eight wins, you're evaluating. You know, you can go either way. Uh, nine wins, I think he keeps his job. Yeah. So I, I think he has to go at least nine, nine and three. Ten and two would be, you know, a miracle year for me, in my opinion. But he has to win at least nine games to keep his job because if he goes to dope and loses, it seems like that that zaps all of the energy out of him. Yeah, no and doubt about we, it. We, we we never recover. But second, uh, change the topic really quickly. Uh, you touched on the the linebackers. Uh, I, I'm extremely concerned when I look at this roster about the the run stuffers because. I was reading in one of these articles where uh, Coach No D was saying that he switches between a one-gap scheme and a two-gap scheme, and so he doesn't necessarily understand all the hoopla about, you know, the gaps and the assignments. Um, But that being said, we don't really have a whole lot of run stuffers if one of these guys goes down because it's a long season. Well, not really that long, but, hey, it's – you're paying, what, 10, 12 games? Kwame, and I, I don't think you have run stuffers if nobody goes down. Who's a run stuffer? Is Kirby I, a run I, stuffer? I, I mean, I, I... I would like to say... I, I, hold on. I was, I'm going to defend Kirby. He took a step last year. He wasn't, he wasn't an All-American, but he was a, a serviceable tackler last year. He did a lot better than his sophomore year. I'll defend Kirby. On, on this one. And, and wasn't he a, a Mike linebacker to begin with in high school? I want to say he was. Yeah, I, I, I believe he was in high school. But that, you know, doesn't, mean, so, that I, doesn't mean he's he's a run stuffer just because he plays the position. True. But I, I want to say he made plays last year. You know, he wasn't like out there. Yeah, and, and he'll like make plays this year. The question is, can he do it consistently? Um, I think that's very much in question. And I personally don't think they have a run stuffer. I was so, hoping this boy, Jawan Young, would be the guy. Uh, yeah, I, I thought he had a chance to take a step forward this year if he was mastering the defense. And, I, and I'm keeping an eye on this Jamie Gordner kid because I think he's got a shot. You, remember, you know, you, you look at Jamie Gordon and you start thinking, you know, just when you look at him, it, it kind of reminds you a little bit of Dan Morgan. Mm. You know, he's that type, mm. of, that type of that type of looking kid. So, you know, we'll see. I mean, we'll see how it plays out, but I don't think they ever run stuff for right now. Certainly not a proven one. I, I will say this, and, I will, I, I, and so, so this is my parting, you know, words of wisdom. The season will dictate recruiting. If he wins, if he – if he can catch lightning in a bottle, I, I would just, God willing, let the heavens align, let them roll into Tallahassee 4-0, okay? At that yep. point, let it, start, let the, open up the playbook. That's the season right there. You get yep. to Tallahassee and you come out with a W because you're catching Florida State really early, you can set up the whole rest of the back half of the season. You got to get the Florida State four zero. I totally agree. You got to get there four zero. We got to yep. get there four zero. And, and, and as it pertains to recruiting, it's no different than it's ever been. Kids want to go to Miami. Kids are, allure, are are lured by Miami, but they have but to. They want to win. They want to win, and they want they want to know that their experience is going to be what it would be 
at Auburn or Alabama or the other places exactly. FSU that they exactly. have the opportunity to go to as well. So, you know, yes, you got to prove it to them. All right, Kwame, hey, thank you so much for being part of the show. Thank you, man. Leave me on hold, brother. You got it, man. Give us a call next week. All right, let's shoot now over to the 973. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. Gary, what's going on, Gary? Doing good, doing good. Good show tonight. Who's this? It's Ross, Jersey. What's up, Ross? How you been? Going on, man. Um, a lot to talk about. Uh, um, I'm concerned. Um, I'm hearing you saying that uh, our linebacker crew is not that good and not being recruited properly. Um, I got a question for you. If that's the case, I'm just curious because I, I kind of like want to hear what you have to say about it. If that's the case, who do you put that on? Do you put that on the a linebacker coach not recruiting the right. linebackers, or you put, who do you put that on? Well, ultimately, you put it on everybody because everybody's got their different schools and territories that they go out on. But, you know, I, I think it's been part of the overall struggles on the defensive side of the football. It's not the only spot where they've struggled to recruit. They haven't recruited really well at defensive tackle either, you know. I understand that. Until they get performance out of Chad Thomas and Muhammad and, 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 and these guys at defensive end, um, you know, that's just been average. I mean, there's not a spot on the defense where you could say they've recruited great. Um, ironically, the guy that takes all the heat is the defensive backs coach. And really, that, that's probably been the place on defense they've recruited the best. So, Well, the reason, why, the reason why he was able to take all that heat early because when the recruiting period is going on, right before Christmas comes and then right before the, 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 the recruiting day and then the signing day, you never hear anything about the defensive back coach when kids talk about the kid, uh, the, the coach. He never comes up. But I want to go back. I, I, you kind of strayed away from my question. You was asking him. You was talking about the linebackers, kid McCray, another other kid. You was talking about. I want to know: is it a, is it a linebacker coach problem, or is it? somewhere else. Where does that lie? I got a couple more things I was no, talking I'm not about. Gonna blame, but I won't I'm not going to blame it. I wouldn't blame it on Hurley Brown. Absolutely not. I mean, Hurley Brown's only you know been why? linebacker I, coach. No, actually that, because I've heard you said, and everybody else say, this is a nice guy. He's very big time in the community. He'll be able to do this. Remember, he was inside the office before he became one of these coaches that could go and travel and recruit the kids, and he had a good rapport with everybody. So if he's having, yeah. if he's, if he's, so if that's the case, I'm trying to break it down again. If that's the case, what is the issue? What is the issue? The issue is they haven't recruited well enough at the position. I heard – Gary, I'm not saying you're dancing around the question. I want to know – I'm not dancing around anything. Brown. That's the issue. They haven't recruited well enough. Wasted way okay. too many scholarships. Okay. So people, I gave you four kids that are on the roster right now at that position that, in my opinion, don't belong there. That's a bottom-line business. It's, it's bottom-line. When it comes to business, bottom-line. So who's that for? Is it the linebacker coach? Is it the defensive coordinator? Is it the head coach? Who is that for while we're not recruiting the right linebackers? I just want to know. Who do you think? We, 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 tune, we tune into your show, an enjoyable show, for answers. We, we, we come in my, and my we try to figure this out. The entire defensive side of the organization, everyone involved, has done a horrible job of recruiting on that side of the football. That's so my answer. And then that's before you get to game day when they haven't done a very good job in a, in, in, against most of the quality teams they've played 
of game planning and performing on game day. I mean, okay, so what, listen, what you're saying, God, what you're saying, like, what you're saying, what you're saying like is that whatever, Ross, but those game plans against Nebraska and Georgia Tech last year were two of the worst I have ever seen in thirty-something years of coaching of watching football. Uh, I, I mean, I mean, Nebraska was probably the worst, and I know people who are wired into that coaching staff up there, and they couldn't believe that they didn't even need 75, 80% of their game plan. I, you know, I mean, you know, that was what you're telling me. So Gary, what's basically what you're telling me is that these guys, I know you have to see them doing this game and all that, but they're just not up to stuff with. They are not the right guys at the position, the position coaches at every, they're not the right guys to be at Miami. That's just the bottom line. I'm not going to go too. out. Ross, there's no doubt about it. That's been the case up to now. They have another season now to prove that that's not true. Okay. okay. They have a clean, I want a to clean slate. They have a chance now to, to prove that you and 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 me and every anybody else out there that has ever had any negative opinion whatsoever about their recruiting or their game day coaching that you know they they have got it right this time and 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 they've got a clean slate going into September. And we'll see what happens. Okay. Oh, you know, okay. Conventional, fine. conventional wisdom is what has changed. Why is it going to okay. be different? What has changed? Oh, that's just, that's just, common sense, Ross. And anybody that's thinking that right now, like all those people that are predicting that this will be a five or six win football team, that's what they're thinking. Like, what has changed? Which, Why I, think is, which, I, think is, which I think is nonsense. Um, I think it's very important for us to go to um, Florida State 4 and 0. But I also don't want to do this to Gary. That's not the point I wanted to make, but the fact that I just said it, I want to uh, elaborate on it. I don't want to take the Florida State game and make that a do-or-die game. We want to win the game. We want to compete. I mean, we want to good luck. To recruit. Whether you're 4-0 or 3-1, and good luck. I mean, you know, the the caller before you was just talking about how, you know, uh, you can't be the coach of Miami and lose to Florida State five years in a row. Yeah, that's, I, yeah, I, yeah, I, agree, that's, with that's, I agree with like, that. Like, that is going to be the whole – I mean, that's going to be everything yeah, in that is, game. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. But, but what I'm saying, we can't afford to make it be where if we lose that game, we can't go no. on. Yeah, right. we you can't afford it. But anyway, for the half anyway, the season left after that game. Anyway, I want to I want to I want to make a couple more points. I also ask you a question. I make them quick, okay? Because I'm I'm committed to get a lot of guys on tonight. So make I, it, I, make I just want to make these. I just want to make this. It's very important to me that these two games that we're about to play to open the season. I am not into. We scored three touchdowns, a field goal. We're up. That's called off the door. I want to put fifty point plus on both teams. He's been Mr. Nice Guy since he's been here, and I don't like it. Yeah, we play these teams. We give them money or whatever. We need to blow them out. Three Fair or enough. touchdowns. I'll, I'll, I'll send the word to Coach Golden. No, I, mean, I understand what you're saying. You're trying, I'm not trying to be funny, but I'm saying it's very important. I know exactly. that you're making a good point. Yeah, right, anything else tonight, Yeah, real quick. You were talking about um, with Jermaine Grace and – you like for them to be used in a certain spot. Like I said to you last time, they should use them like Posey. They really should go ahead and use them like Posey. And I think there's, I, I think there's like an opportunity. Who? The guy from Florida State, the number eight kid. You talking about Ramsey? Ramsey. Yeah, he's that type. Of, yeah, I mean he. Yeah, he's that type do. of player. Because every time somebody bring it up and bring his name up, I, I think about that kid, and that's how we should use the kid. But they don't have enough there linebackers is. right now that they can use them anywhere else. You know, so they, hey, they're gonna have to they're gonna have to scheme with him within the framework of 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 the defense. Well, we 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 know what he 
he's capable of, and that's what we you should You can't do. put him at strong safety and move him around. Hey, at the end of the day, on the offensive side, it's about the offensive line. I think we could, we might have one of those situations where the offensive line is going to take a little while to gel, but that shouldn't that shouldn't interfere with the first two games. We put the 50 points on the, on the board at FAU and at home against FIU. There's no excuse not to put 50 points on the board for both those games. No excuse. All right, Ross, you got it. All right, man. Great points. Hey, give us a call next week. Keep me on. Keep, keep me on. You, keep me on. You got it. Thanks for calling. All right, 646-595-2048 is the number, 646-595-2048. Again, if you want to come on the show and you're on, the, you're on hold, make sure you hit that number one on your keyboard so that we know you want to talk. And now we're going to go down to the 305 where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, what's up, Gary? Johnny O from Bird Road. What's up, Johnny O? How you doing, man? How's, well, how's I want it to going? Apologize. I, know, I know we didn't get you on last week. So, total yeah. apology. Total apology. <laughs> That's right, man. Um, what I wanted to say was, um, you know, you got me a little bit uh, worried last week or two because, you know, you were talking about how the practice was not that good from your pre from the previous years, right? Yeah, I think that and, you know, um, I, don't, I, never even... I don't think that got communicated as well as it was probably intended to be. I was I was talking mostly <laughs> about the defense, the defensive line position. I didn't like I didn't like what I was seeing when I watched them. Now, you know, I'm uh, told they picked it up a little bit in the last week. So, right. Oh, okay. Because I remember hearing the recruits that all of them would tell you, "I love how they practice. I love how they practice." And then here you go, like it wasn't good at all. And I'm like, "Oh no." Okay, but but honestly, Johnny O, you hear that? I mean. I mean, I I, I don't know. I, you you hear that all the time, okay? In all honesty, all I right. mean, you can't overreact to that. You know, I'm not going to tell you that this is that these are the best practices I've ever seen in in all the years that I've been around Miami football. Uh, in, in no right. way, shape, or in no way, shape, or form am I going to tell you that. Now, did right. I come on a little? Did I maybe come a little too strong last week? You know, and maybe get a little too tough on some of those guys that I was talking about, you know, maybe, you know, it's August, you know, we'll give them the benefit of the doubt. They haven't played a game. They haven't played a game yet, but, but no, I mean, it's not, this is not Miami practicing the way Miami practiced when it was on top of college football. I'm not going to kid you. Hmm. I just think, um, you know, with so many uh, people, you know, leaving or getting kicked out, uh, less less of recruits because of the, you know, the punishment. You know, it's a little bit and the losses. You know, a little bit of traumatization. You know, traumatized. You know, we don't want to go kill them now in the summer. You know, oh, we got two guys injured out for the season. You know, <laughs> you know, just when we're about to start getting back now with with Kaya in the second year. You know. Well, they're trying to avoid that. They've got these GPS devices on the players. They're monitoring their physical output. Um, you're wow. seeing them. You're seeing them take days off here in the first couple of weeks of training camp, which is something a little unusual. Um, they're, you know, I think they're trying to get to the season healthy um, and yeah. not lose guys and and, and not overtax yeah. them physically. Yeah, it makes sense too because the first two weeks is going to be glorified scrimmages. You know, well, it's like yeah, we have that, an extra two weeks. You know. That, but whether it makes sense or not, I think depends on who on who the coach is. I mean, that's something that head coaches decide, and what works for yeah. Nick, Nick Saban at Alabama, um, not necessarily is what works for Al Golden at Miami or Jimbo Fisher at Florida exactly. State. 
you know. Yeah, there's still coach... we still got a whole month before Nebraska almost, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not we haven't killed it maybe in practice the last two weeks, but maybe well, the next two weeks we're gonna start picking after... it up, like you said. I can tell you they went after it very hard on Thursday night. And yeah, nice. That the, that they were very they played very hard and very physical on both sides of the ball. At nice. their first, yeah. At their at their we, first scrimmage Thursday night. Yeah, still, think, still, we still got time. And I think that's why that there's a mood of happiness right now in the program. They 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 feel that Absolutely. they a forward step on it Thursday may, it, night. It makes sense. It makes sense. It. Yes. Ah, it makes sense. It makes sense. Um, right. That's about yeah, it, man. Real cutting is short and sweet. You know, let the other callers come in. You got it, man. Hey, thank you for being part of the show. Hey, God bless, man. Put me on hold. You got it. We'll talk to you next week. All right, let's go out now to the um, the seven two four. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, what's up, Gary? How you doing? Doing good. Who's this? This is Pat from uh, Pittsburgh. All right, Pat. Talk to us. Yeah, I'm a big big Kane fan. I uh, started off watching Sean Taylor, and then uh, I was just wondering. Uh, that's that's my biggest question: is the defense just? I watch these games, like I said. I started watching in the early 2000s, late 90s. Uh, I just don't see the intensity in this defense that I first started watching. Uh, I know, like you said, they're not – they might not be recruiting as much. They might not be going as intense in practices. I just just don't see the intensity, Gary. Well, I mean, I think part of that – I think success – kind of breeds intensity and I think they just haven't had a lot of success and that goes back to not being good enough and um, so I I just think it all starts with recruiting I, I think you got to be able to compete for elite players and, and, and bring in bring in elite players and it's it's a little tougher at the key positions of defensive line and linebacker than it might be at receiver and running back at the University of Miami where you know your recruiting base is absolutely overloaded with receivers and running backs typically so um and even to a little lesser extent DBs but uh but I just think it goes back to recruiting. I think they've struggled recruiting defensive players, and I think that they've struggled to have success on that side of the ball. And that has a lot to do with maybe the, the lethargy or, or, or the lack of emotion uh, that, that maybe you'd like to see there. Yeah, and I, uh, you know, I, I follow recruiting pretty much a year in advance, and I see a lot of these kids from South Florida, you know, they grow up Miami fans. But it all comes down to the wins and wins and losses. They grew up Miami fans, but you know, like last year with Ridley and uh, Burgess Becker, and there was just so many kids in that class. That class was loaded, and I, I just feel like we barely got anybody out of that class, but especially on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, offensive side, there's so many recruits, like you said, that you can snag good players out of there, you know, whether they're three stars, four stars. That doesn't matter that much, but there's so much talent on offense down there. But kids are just – they're going other places, and it's killing me right now. Yep. All right, anything else tonight? Nope, that's it. All right, man. Hey, thank you for being part of the show. No problem, Gary. Have a good night. You got it. All right, 646-595-2048. If you want to be on the show, hit number one on your keypad. Let's go now to the 678, where you are now going to be live on King Sport Live. Yes, sir. 
Hey, hey. How you doing, hey, hey. Gary? Who's this? This is 23 Daddy Kane. Hey, what's up, Daddy? Not much, man. Not much. How you doing tonight? Doing good. Doing good. Talk to us. Man, I love the show. Love calling in to you guys. Let me ask you, what do you think about the the tight end situation that uh, that we have down here in Miami? And let I me warn it. you, my, my son is a tight end. So I, oh, I love. Well, I, I hope he's not a recruit because we're not allowed to recruit on this show. But I, I mean, no, 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 he's down there. I, <laughs> I absolutely love the tight end position. I I think it's the most stock position on the team. I think they look phenomenal. I think you've got a superstar in the making and David Njoku, uh, Standish Dobard's looking great. Um, you know, I like this Jerome Washington kid. Um, you know, he's, he's in, looks like he's in really good shape now and is, is moving around, uh, really, really good. Same thing with Chris Herndon, uh, a 255-pound kid out of Georgia who's now in his second year. I think he's a weapon and can do different things. Uh, so you've got four guys there that I think can can contribute to a lot of success on offense, and I think that's why James Coley is looking for ways to use every single one of them. Um, and I think well, it's – I mean, if somebody in college football has a better t- stock tight end position than Miami – um, man, I, I'd like to see it, and that would be pretty darn scary because I am really impressed. And we've talked a lot about not recruiting well at certain positions tonight. This is one spot, and this isn't the easiest spot to find players either, okay? Tight end is a tough position to recruit because high schools don't use tight ends, okay? And it's it's not easy to find good tight ends come, coming out of high school to play college football. And they have done a, just an incredible job of recruiting at this position. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree with that. And like I said, I, I've been on your show. My son is Chris Herndon. That's why I get the 23 oh, okay. Daddy Kane. So, uh, I got you. The, the tight end well, uh, group is your, your son's be a hell, so, Your son's a hell of a player, man. They just gotta they got to find roles for all these guys because they're all good. Okay, I, man, I, I, and, and, not just, and not just my son, dude. That tight end core is going to be remarkable this year. Trust yeah. me when I tell you. Which and is I'm telling you, they have a, a good lot coach. Of stuff. Larry Scott's one of the best coaches on the staff. Okay, so oh, they're what, they're, 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 they're well coached. Yeah. They're, they're well coached. They're in shape. They all look good. They're all weapons. It, you know, the only the only issue is is how how are they all gonna you know fit, and and, and how are they all gonna get their opportunities? You know what, man? And it's going to be a team thing. It's going to be a grouping thing. That tight end core is going to be the best tight end core in the country this year, which is going to open up a lot more for our offense. Offense is going to be unbelievable. So, and I'm, you know, I am a dad, but I will say this: you know, the team is going to be a lot better this year. I hear, I heard everybody calling in, and they're diehard Kings fans. But what I don't think is being given is that there's not a pass given to Coach Golden, because what what people fail to realize is this is his first, really his first year on the job. This is his first year where he brought in recruits. He was able to do this, and and the main thing that I hear, and and this is important to me, the main thing that I hear is that it seems like the black cloud that was over the program, they're blaming him for it. No one has talked about the previous regime and what they did to that program. 
But yeah, I, you know, I don't, I don't think people are blaming Coach Golden for any clouds or anything. But, but you know, you make a great, you bring up a great subject, and you're the, you are as perfect of an individual to comment on this as anybody listening to this show because you're a parent of a kid that chose to come to the University of Miami. And people are always talking about the cloud from the NCAA issues and 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 what was going on with with Nevin Shapiro and, and all that. And I've and I've always maintained and very controversially that. There wasn't as great of a cloud as as a lot of people would like to believe, and you know, you and your son made a decision in the in the in the middle of it all. To, you know, I mean, in the middle of the worst of it, you and your son made a decision to come to the University of Miami, and you're a perfect <laughs> example. No, I'm I'm being honest. I mean, you guys are a perfect no, example. No, I'm gonna tell you, I laugh you're a about example it. Of what I'm talking about. I laugh I mean, about it because it wasn't even me and my son. My son made the decision not knowing about the Nevin Shapiro, not not knowing of any of that. We was oblivious. We're in Georgia. We right. was oblivious to all of that. But what happened when we went to the, the official visit, we went to the camp not knowing anything about that. He committed to the coaches. He committed to the program. He committed to the school. But my my thing is that it's, it's just everyone is calling in, trying to hang this all on this current staff. I mean, Miami sells itself. Not I'm yep. not talking about the beaches, the women, and this. The school, the yep. education. I totally oh agree. My, the weather, and, and you mentioned that you, that you guys itself. weren't really wired into this whole cloud and the no. NCAA stuff. And no, and I wasn't. think that that's the norm, Mr. Hernan. I think I think that, that you know we we talk to everybody. We probably talked to your son fifty times when he was being recruited. I mean, yes, we talked to recruit. Yes, we talked to everybody every <laughs> almost weekly. Okay, we, there, there there's not a recruit out there that we're not talking to on a regular basis in most cases. And yeah, we never yeah. had one kid ever, not one recruit ever tell us that he was concerned about coming to Miami because of Nevin Shapiro, the NCAA, or the supposed cloud. Okay, And, and that's yeah. why I have the opinion that I have. And I think your situation is the norm, and I'm glad that you're saying it on the show so that people can hear it from you, a parent, because, because I, you know, I personally think it's all a, a fundamental um, ability of, of, of who – who you're out there recruiting, and obviously they did a great job identifying your son and getting him to come to, into the program because he's a hell of a player. And I'm not just saying right, that because you're on you. the phone. I mean, you've heard me say he's a hell of a player when you're not on the phone. Um, right, right. So, I've, I've followed your show, and that's why I called in. You know, I know it's not all sugar-coated with you. but And, and that's the biggest thing, man. I, I, I will say that you have to understand, and I know you do, when something like that is hovering over the school, it is going to affect – now, since we have been at the school, I've been doing my homework. It's going to affect the recruiting. I heard an earlier guy talking about uh, a couple of players. I don't like to talk about players because, of course, they're kids and parents listen. And this. I mean, everybody's entitled to their opinion. But I, I heard him talking about players. Well, you got to realize with that shadow looming over the, the, the program, you're not getting five-star kids. You're not getting well, forced. You're not getting the talent that's that you're not, used to That's getting. not an absolute truth, and I'm going to tell you why. Miami's best recruiting ever, <laughs> or certainly in recent history, was when they were on probation back in, in, in the 90s and Butch Davis was here. They only had 13 scholarships, okay, and, and they had to make every one of them count, and they did. They brought in Reggie Wayne. They brought in Ed Reed. 
Um, and, and those were the level of players that they went out and recruited and got to come to Miami when they were on probation and winning, you know, six games, five games. Um, so okay, and I, I'll give you that. I concede to that because now remember, those kids that they brought in then were Miami fanatics. Up until this day, that's your, that's your um, uh, Denzel Perryman's. That's your Duke Johnsons. Those are the kind of kids, you know, same type of kids. They were already just in, embedded and ingrown to be Miami Hurricane fans. So when they could have went everywhere in the country, they came to choose Miami. So you have some of those, what do they call them, program kids that come in. But I'm, I'm speaking about, you know, just the last four or five years. I mean, so you got to give him a chance because he wasn't – he just – he wasn't given the hand. He was just dealt that hand, and he's making a remarkable turnaround as far as, yeah, every year this, you improve here. And I'm saying all that to say, I mean, to all the Hurricane fans everywhere that called, just sit and be patient and watch what happens this year. I mean, it's, it's good for, you know, of course, your show, which I love. It's good for newspaper ratings. Watch what happens this year. This year we are going to shock a lot of people. I mean, people are talking, oh, we're only going to win five games. We're going to do this. No, I mean, I studied the schedule, looked at who lost this, who lost that, this, this, and this. And it upsets me because I see teams that are favored that lost eight offensive starters, and they're favored over us. But, you know, it's – just hearing them, but it makes you know the off season fun to listen to. But just yep. just be patient and watch what I'm saying. Of course, the two first games, I mean, they're going to be great games. Uh, I think what hurt us last year is we went out to Louisville straight off the bat and and didn't have a chance to really gel together in um two uh, preseason games. And we just tackled on. And remember, the Louisville team, like I think you said something earlier. They had 25 kids on their team from Miami area. Yep. Why did those 25 kids go to that school? Because of the cloud of the NCAA. I hate to, you know, since you know other callers was doing this. What if Teddy Bridgewater had committed and stayed with Miami? He would not have taken. Well, so there much was no cloud. With him. No, there there wasn't a cloud yet. When the, when all those guys left, they um, they left because there was a coaching change, and and the guy that was the recruiting coordinator at Miami while they were coming up through high school went to be Charlie Strong's right hand guy um, at Louisville, and 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 he recruited them all and brought them all up there together. Exactly. So yeah, so they you were, take that twenty five strong that went to Miami for whatever reason. That was twenty five kids out of the Miami area that went over to Louisville. Yep. And I'm glad you mentioned the Charlie Strong stuff because one of the callers earlier was talking about, oh, let's get a better coach in, let's do this, this, and this. And like you told that caller, who are you going to bring in? And this is very important, not just because my kid plays, but think about anyone else that you are going to bring in is going to have to start over, which is going to set your program three, three four years back. This box, yeah, I don't know. I don't you know can bring in Charlie Strong that it would be outside of Nick four, Saban. Yeah, but uh, right. recruiting, it depends on who you brought in. Outside of Nick right. Saban. Right, right. Yeah. Um, uh, some of the top coaches that are not going to come and leave their school and come to Miami. So now you're talking about promoting an offensive coordinator from this school or a defensive coordinator from that school. I mean, so, I mean, just 
and I'm saying all this because I know football. I did all this stuff. I'm You're just saying on. be patient and watch what happens this year. I don't feel like, and I feel bad for Coach Golden and his entire staff because, you know, you can be fans. You can definitely be fans, and the, the beginning of that is fanatics. But you got to be realistic about what you're asking. And, and, and it's not like that guy came in here clean without all this stuff hanging over him. But when you look at the job that he's done, he's done a phenomenal job. He stay out on the road. The coaches are recruiting, finding diamonds in the rough. And I promise you, you are going to see this all this year. Just watch what I tell you. Well, you and, know, and, I'm going to call and, in. And if that happens, Mr. Herndon, I, I think you would agree that the whole mood is going to change. P- P- oh, yeah, I know. They, I know they, they just want to see a winning football team. And if they get exactly. it this year, we'll, we'll be sitting here in December, and people will be saying, you know what? I was really hard on Al Golden, but he proved me wrong. <laughs> and hey, when, hey, no, thank, no, not if, it's when. That's right. So, th- hey, thank you so much for calling in and being part of the show. Uh, no problem. Man. I'll call in every week, dude. I love listening to your show. You got it. Please do. All right. Uh, all right. Thank you. All right, um, we got about 15, 20 minutes of show left. Let's uh, try to see how many uh, callers we can get on. 646-595-2048, 646-595-2048. Remember, if you want to come on the show and talk, just hit the number one. Um, let's go now to the um, let's go to the 484, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, what's going on, Gary? This is Philly. What's up, Philly? How you doing this week? I'm doing good. I was calling in to, to get on you or talk to you about that nine win, but after listening to um, Mr. Herndon, he kind of, he kind of got me fired up. I'm like, he, got, he, he I, should have everybody I, fired I, up. I, I live I live in Philly. I mean, so I know Temple football. I know what the dude did at Temple, and it wasn't that good. So you know, you sit there and look at his record at Miami, where he's done at Miami. He didn't really do that good at Temple. You uh, know, the record is, Temple the, got, the record kicked out, got kicked out of Big East. It's, it's, are, it's horrible, okay? I mean, it's exactly. a bad record. And, and, and I'll Al, Al good people, okay? That that record is terrible, okay? It's got to change this year, obviously. I mean, exactly. And I, and I was like, okay, I mean, okay, granted, you're saying be patient, you know, and he's talking about, like, like teams losing players, losing eight players, losing that. But you got to understand that a lot of these teams, like, like a Florida State or other teams that lost players, They've been recruiting very well the past few years. So just so they have players that can fill those gaps or, 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 or fill in, you know, and, and it may not be a drop-off. Like, look at Miami back in the day. When we, we lost Ed Reed, Jamal Lewis, um, Mike Rump, and Phil Buchanan. We came back the next year with the best secondary nation. We had Sean Taylor, Andrew Roll, Kelly Jennings, Alfonso Marshall, and Marie Sykes. So that's the same thing. Teams replace – what they lose with talent, they're recruiting well. One thing we haven't done. So, you know, so he's sitting here saying, well, this, this, well, they got this team uh, favor over Miami because they recruited well. But, I mean, because they lost eight players, how can they be uh, favor over Miami? Well, first of all, every team the, um, in our division or in our conference has recruited well. Clemson and Florida State, a lot of teams, even Louisville, have recruited well. So they have players that, they, that they're funneling in. You know, one thing Miami has not done is we haven't we have not identified a lot of talent. Have we have we have have we recruited decently? Yes, but just like you were mentioned earlier about us us um, recruiting the linebackers and how you think McCray is not going to be a player or Mike Smith's not going to be a player, 
Well, the defense that we play, they really can't be players because they're like they don't fit. They don't fit with what the scheme is, you know. And and it's a shame. And that's one thing I really wanted to call talk to you about. And I'll be quick about it. The scheme that we play. If you look at like like Chad Thomas playing left end, Chad is not playing like a traditional left end. He's lining up in like an edge rusher. So he's lining up as like a defensive tackle in like a four eye position in front of the in front of the um the right tackle. So he's more like 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 basically playing an A and uh, like a, like a gap like a two gap responsibility. He's playing the B and C gap, the gap between the guard and the tackle and the tackle and the tight end. So you're losing his ability to pass rush on first and second down because he's playing a gap responsibility. You know, whereas you look at teams like a Missouri or a um, Michigan State, they're playing their guys. They're playing. They're recruiting like edge rushers, like we like um, the guys we have in our current um, recruiting um, recruiting class 2016, like uh, 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 Joshua Uche and Evan Henson, those guys, they're recruiting those type of guys, redshirting them and playing them in like seven and nine techniques and let, let them come around the edge. We're not doing that. Our main rusher is going to be that right end, that elephant rusher. That's the only guy that's really rushing the quarterback on first and second down, and then third down we sub in and we're bringing like, you know, we're, we're bringing in AQM and McCord and putting them down um, at defensive end, and then we're rushing edges. So, you know, you're losing out. So, I, I don't know, man. They got, they got me hyped. My, my last point, and I'll, I'll let you go on this, is you said um, about Golden, you know, going nine wins. It has to be ten. You know, you can't – nine wins and him staying is like 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 2014. 2014 we won nine games, and that was smoke and mirrors. Yeah, I, well, that's I mean, yeah, I, and I agree with you. I don't. I honestly, I mean, I I know I said nine wins or eight wins or whatever. You know, I throw we, everyone throws the different numbers around. I don't think it's that exact. I I, I don't think it's it. There's a, there's a number on it. I think a lot of it is going to be a feel um, of where the program is, uh, where it potentially can go, and there's going to be an evaluation that's going to have to take place. Yeah. I mean, okay, I agree with that. I know what I'm simple as saying, oh, I'm done. You man. know, eight wins stay, nine wins. You know, I mean, eight wins go, nine wins stay, or nine wins go, ten wins stay. I don't think it's that simple. But I mean, but it has, but it has to be about who. Okay, how we look in the game. Like, look at the, look at how we came out with Stephen Morris, and um, and uh, we played um, what was it two years ago? We played what Bethune Cookman or something like that. We looked like we looked like horrible coming out the gate. You know, uh-huh. it was that same year we 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 won nine games. You know, yep. we we didn't we, we thought Steve Morris coming off winning the passing the Man Academy, we were gonna light teams up and we we're coming out like, you know, he was well, all firing receivers, missing the receivers. Schedule was pretty was was pretty pretty uh pretty light that year. All right, let me let you go let me let you go so I can get some other people on. Give us a call next week. All right, guys. All right, thanks for calling. All right, let's go out now to the uh seven oh six. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, what's up? Hey, what's up, Gary? This is Sebastian from Columbus, GA. How you doing this evening? What's up, Sebastian? How you doing tonight? Hey, just a couple of things that I just been paying attention to. You guys have been hitting on all the uh, on all the um, points that I wanted to cover. There's some things I just wanted to kind of see just as we go into the field of the season. You guys have been talking about red shirt and talent evaluation. And when I look at the the team, I look at Najoku as a prime example of a kid that was registered that's probably going to block. He's probably going to be another Clive Walford. That's because he got a chance to 
get in the program, learn the system, develop as a student athlete, and he's probably going to get ready to produce on the field. Is he's one of your up and coming risers that you see this year? Yep, no question about it. Yeah, I mean, he. I think the, I think he's got superstar capability. If if if, he, if they use him the way they, I think, have the the capability of using him, I think he's got superstar potential. That kid. I think he's a match. I think he's a match mare nightmare. So when he's I look, a, he when is I, a matchup I, nightmare. I, I agree. I, I think it's a matchup nightmare. So when I look at the program, I see so many hit and miss. And just a tally evaluation standpoint, that I don't know if it was just that we were just getting guys out of desperation, or we just missed it on a, on several folks. What I don't see that's the part of the program that I really don't get a chance to see that Listen, you may be I mean, more I, 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 know, in. I, I know I sound like a broken record, but it, it is the fundamental performance of the coaching staff. I mean, let's yeah. start with look at the quarterback position, Jed Fish. Horse crap job recruiting quarterbacks. James Coley, phenomenal job recruiting quarterbacks. Now exactly. you've got a quarterback position that's shaping up pretty good. You've got a couple right. good quarterbacks in the program. You got another one coming in next year, and he's doing yep. and he's and he's got a good head start on a kid out in California that I think is going to be a phenomenal prospect. Um, Tyler Lytle, who, who who likes Miami. So I mean, that's the way you're supposed to recruit. Now so, you don't so, do it at quarterback. You got to do it at every position. Exactly. So if you can, if you have it, if you have, if you see a coach doing it in one position and not doing it in another one, look at a tight end coach. I mean, he's hitting. I forgot his name. You called it out. But he's hitting home runs with every single tight end he recruits. And it's and it's not you as know? simple as one guy. I mean, Larry Scott didn't just recruit himself all these tight ends. I mean, they've been recruited by the whole staff. And Larry Scott, right, right, you know, right, I, right. But 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 my but at the point, I mean, James Coley recruits the quarterbacks, and that's why that's such a good example. But I mean, it's not just Jethro Franklin himself recruiting defensive linemen. I mean, he might be the point guy, but other guys, you know, have to contribute too. And 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 you know, on defense, it's, to me, it's been a failure of the entire defense of staff to recruit enough right. elite players on that side of the ball. The the better players on this team have been on offense. Okay, so 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 can we agree then that it could be a, it could come down to really personality and philosophy. And this is what I mean. When you look at Butch Davis, every kid that he had his hand on was a reflection of Butch Davis. They turned out to be the kind of person he wanted them to be. And I'll give you a perfect example. I don't know if people remember like Andre King, he was a baseball guy. Yep. that came to the University of Miami, but he was able to contribute. I mean, he came up with crucial catches. He got coached up. He never made it to the league, but he still had the he had the Butch Davis personality. I look at Bubba Frank. You know, Bubba Franks was recruited. He was looking for another kid, and he just saw the 6'6 guy saying, you know what, I, this guy looks like a phenomenal tight end three, four years down the road, and he was right. Went on to have a phenomenal career with the Green Bay Packers. So when I look at this coaching staff, as much as I like him and I love him, and I think Miami has everything going with him, I just think that sometimes I don't know what is going to cause them to change their mind frame to say that, you know, whatever philosophy we have right now, it ain't working here. It doesn't mean we're bad coaches, but that philosophy of what we're doing things ain't working here. When I watch the game, I rarely ever see a defensive tackle make a tackle on the backfield. I don't understand that. It might be it might have to do somewhat with scheme, and it also might be they just, they just have not recruited great players at that position, and they haven't. 
Okay. okay. I mean, they, they they haven't. I mean, I'm being honest. You know, there's some spots they've recruited better than others. Defensive tackle has not been a great recruited spot. This, so. You know, when I as I look at this season, the season could go a couple of ways. And I just want to have a couple of – I want to gain your perspective on a couple of things. I don't know if it's a necessary amount of wins Al Golden needs to have for him to win his job. That's not what I'm looking for. But I can almost handle an eight and four season if we could beat a Clemson and we can beat a Florida State and we can win a bowl game. I can see how that could kind of stimmy the tide. And I'll give you a well. I'll example. disagree with you, and here's why: if you beat Clemson and/or Florida State, you should have better than eight wins when you look at the whole big picture, right? Yeah, but you're but you're still playing with you're not playing with a bunch of superstars, and you're going to have no. But if have you can beat talent, one, if you can go one and one in those two games. There's no reason for this not to be at least a nine-win football team. I mean, there's just not. So, you know, let's see what happens. Let me let a few other people get on tonight. Um, thank you so much for your call. Give us a call again next week. All right. Thanks a lot, Gary. You got it. All right. We're going to try to fit in a couple more calls. Let's go to the 850. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, how's it going? It's Omar again, man. Um, I just got uh, two things I want to talk about. Um, I said I hear. I hear everybody been talking about, you know, the, how many wins and everything we should have. Honestly, I'm looking at the schedule, and it's like I should we should be 10-2. and two. Like, the only two teams that on the schedule we should be losing to, if we lose two, is Florida State and Clemson. Who else? Like, everybody else is really in our uh, conference. Like, Georgia Tech, I mean – Georgia Tech, that, that you can count that one, uh, like, that's three. So, I mean, nine to three, if those three are the three losses, I can deal with that. But if it's against Cincinnati or against North Carolina or Pittsburgh, like, no. Yeah, well, that's, the point, I I was just, that's I the point I was just making, and that's why I don't think you could put an exact number on it. Um, I don't yeah, think it's question. about if, who is two. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's about who we lose to. It's, it's, that's, it's that's about all, everything. Yes. Yeah. It's about right, who you lose to. Let me let let me let some other people get on because you you know you you you're, you're doing double duty right now. Yeah. Okay. I got, okay. I, I got a few uh, more. I got a few right. more people who have been waiting. I got to get on. Give us a call again next week. Gotcha. All right. Let's go to the uh, seven eight six. You're now live on King Sport Live. <laughs> Hey, what's up, Gary? Doing good. Who's this? Uh, this is Dex Mill. Uh, I haven't called, haven't, haven't called in a while, but you know, still a loyal subscriber. I listen to your show every week. Uh, first of all, uh, uh, real quick. First of all, Philly, you were right on point with your assessment of uh, the A, the A gap, the B gap, uh, the, set, the, the, uh, the nine and seven gaps uh, with, with the players. Um, I just wanted to say real quick to Mr. Herndon. Mr. Herndon, I understand what you uh, uh, were, were saying about the recruiting because of the clouds, but this is what you have to understand. Even before last year, when we when we had seven players drafted, and probably nine or ten are going to make NFL teams this year, even before this past year, the year before that, which was Central Henderson and Brandon Linder, uh, that group, we had that year in the NFL more rookie starters than any other college football program. Uh, Brandon Linder was a starter at Jacksonville. Alan Hearns was a starter at Jacksonville. Central Henderson was a starter, and there was one other. My point I'm making is, so if you take those two combined years, which was year before last and this this past year, 
and look at the NFL talent that Miami sent to the NFL, compare that with the record, it just doesn't add up. Compare it with a team like Michigan State, like TCU. I can go on and on and on. Even even like Clemson, which has won uh, t- uh, ten games or more for four straight years. So none of those none of those teams have put more NFL talent recently, not way back in our heyday in the, in the early two thousands, recently than Miami has. And the record does not bear that talent. So with so Mr. Herndon, with all due respect, I think you I think you need to reevaluate what you're saying about. We haven't recruited the five stars with that and the other. It still shows Miami has crazy talent. Last point, Gary, you got to stop saying we don't have superstars on the team, and that's not why we're not doing this, that, or the other. Gary, look at a team. You're not, first of all, I told you this once before. It was last year on, your, on the same show. Gary, when that system, defensively especially, does not align with the talent, Gary, that talent can look so bad, it's ridiculous. That's why you have now a player like Ladarius Gunther. They're talking about this kid is going to start in Green Bay, Gary. Ladarius Gunther. And he was garbage at Miami. Well, he was serviceable. I won't say garbage. He was serviceable at best. But, Gary, that talent that Denarfio runs, number one, and the philosophy, this is another thing I told you. Al Golden wants to run a Stanford-style program at Miami. It's not going to work at Miami. You're not going to go to Alabama and run a spread-style offense. You're not going to go to Oregon and run a power offense. The blueprints of those blue-blood programs, Miami is a blue-blood program, have been laid, the blueprint. It's going to be very hard for any coach to come in and change the entire blueprint and be as successful as he can be. You look at Miami throughout the year. All right, well, let me stop you. Let me just stop you for by a minute. Because so we're late, we're late the show. But wait a minute. Let me just stop you for Go a minute. Would, would, you agree ahead, that, would, would you agree that the proof is going to be in the pudding this year, one way or the other? Gary, Gary, if you listen to what I just said, and you be honest, Gary, with all of those draft picks, not just this year, but even the year before. No, that let's, I, that the last fact. four years, let, let's, 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 let's give what you're saying credit, and let's say the last four years – have been have been a, a total failure. The proof's going to be in the pudding this year. Like Mr. Herndon said, they, there's no excuses this year. You know, they, they've Gary, got a lot of they, they've got a lot of Gary, talent on offense. All of those drafts, all of You've those got drafts a quarterback the NFL, Gary. And if the defense really is as bad and the scheme is really as bad as people think it is, then it's going to fail again this year because nothing's changed. I think, it, it, but all I'm saying is, I just hate that people are so high and so. And so just uh, delusional about what's season. going on. Let, them, it, it, let, let everybody be happy. This, you know, I mean, I said this a few weeks ago, I, and, yes. and I know you know we we do have some female callers, but for but you know the, the greater majority of the audience is, is probably males, and and we live for football season. We live for our teams. We live to 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 live and die every Saturday and every Sunday with these football games and and experience the joy of football season. Why does so, that? Gary, have can, to I make it this, for can I ask you this? Can I ask you this? Can I ask you, Gary? Can I ask you this one question? And I, I want you to. And I'm going to hang up. And I want you to give me a very objective answer, please, Gary. Now that I've stated to you about the starters that Miami had with Centrell's class and Brandon Linder and the Allen Hearns' class, we had four rookie starters that year. We put seven in the NFL this year. We know at least there are going to be another three starters off of this year's team, seven in the NFL, probably nine or ten that make rosters. Gary, just those two years of NFL talent, what does that say to you, Gary? You're not blind. What does that say? There's no way it says to me that, that, that they've about. underachieved. 
And and that's why the head coach who, is probably on, is on the hottest seat in America right now. And they've got to perform this year. And the proof is going to be in the pudding. So I have no problem. I think it's great that everyone's happy. Uh, you know, I I think that um that that people should want to in, enjoy their football season and and and, and get to have that pleasure. And that there's nothing wrong with it. Gary, I'm gonna tell you, Gary. Even if Al wins ten games this year. Even if he wins 10 games this year, let me tell you what I said back in 2002. The day that Santana Moss, which is a dear friend of mine, him and the players got together and they called the local uh, 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 newspaper and they were trumping up for Larry Coker to be head coach. I told Santana, Santana, that guy is not a Miami coach. The next year he won a national championship. Even when we won a national championship against Nebraska, I was thinking that guy is not the coach. And I was right. And it's the same thing with Golden. All right, but for right now, you got a two-year coming up, and I, I, I think you just got to see how it plays out and, and not assume the worst until it happens. All right? All right, let you All right Gary. Next week, Gary. Next week, talk to you next week. You, you got it. Yeah, I mean, let everybody have a good time. I mean, it's football season. I mean, it, 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 it should be fun. you got to go do something that the place is looking beautiful. You know, I don't know if you all right, let's go to one more call before the show ends. Let's go out to the 904. You're now live on Game Sport Live. Hey, yes, um, I wanted to talk about the scrimmage the other day. Was it, a, was it a fluke or, I mean, what it was? Because we all knew the offensive line was bad coming in. And how you get four running backs to have a good a good game like this, and then they talk good about the defensive line? How they did? Well, I mean, yeah, you're. I mean, you're totally right. And and you know, to be honest, you know, scrimmages are what there are. Scrimmages, you're running first, second, third teams. Uh, you're mixing and matching. You're trying different guys. You're you're trying Trayon Gray, who's the fourth running back, giving him a couple reps with the first team to see how he does. Um, you're doing a lot of different things in a scrimmage, so it's it's not an absolute. And, you know, let, let's be honest, there's a lot of effort going into the mental state of this football team right now. These kids, they've been through a lot, the seniors, the juniors, on down. They, they've been through a yes. lot in their career. Last year was a total disaster the way it ended. Um, the, the town was in an uproar. Uh, there, there's been a horrible mood amongst the fan base the entire offseason now, eight for the last eight months, um, there is a lot of effort right now going into getting the mental state of this football team right. And people knock out golden left and right. A lot of it's been been fair, and and and, and you know they, they've certainly earned a lot of it with the losses and all that. He is doing a phenomenal job right now from a psychological standpoint getting these kids in the right state of mind. They've got a good atmosphere around the program. They, they believe in the team concepts that he's preaching. Um, I was talking to Kamalu the other day, and I said to him, I said, you know, senior year, big year for you. You know, what are your personal goals for, the, for, the, for this year? And you know what he said to me? He said, I don't, have, I don't have personal goals. I, we are all about the team here. Okay, and here's a kid that's trying to go into the NFL, and and you know they, they've done a great job of of bringing the the mental state of this football program and and this team up from the absolute gutter where it was in it, it, back in December. I mean, let's let's be honest. I mean, you finished the year like that, four straight games, and you know the whole 
the whole community around you is in a total uproar and wants they want your coach fired and and you know fire the AD and 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 the president's you know garbage and I, I mean helicopters flying all over the place. You turn on the national championship game and watch that, and behind the ESPN set, people are holding up fire out golden signs and you know I mean that's a pretty crappy atmosphere. Let's be honest. And you know now they're going into a new year and they've done a phenomenal job of 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 bringing the spirit of these kids back up to get ready for a new season and the proof's going to be in the pudding i mean we could talk and talk and talk and we will you know we'll be here every tuesday night dissecting every single bit of it um but the bottom line is that what they do on saturdays beginning september the 5th is what's going to determine where things go yeah you're right yeah i mean it's that's that's the god honest truth i can't i can't be more honest than that so all right, you got anything else for us this week? Yeah, that, the guy was saying, like, on, on, the, on the defense side of the ball with the talent-wise, I mean, we still running the same defense. It clearly, Florida State, when they won the championship, they had the top defense out there. When that defensive coordinator left and went to Georgia and they brought this other guy in and ran the defense that Miami's running, they went from number one to almost last in the country. And so they, they all see that it's a problem. How you go from one of the top defenses in the country all the way to to the bottom when you brought in the defensive coordinator that's running the same defense, the defensive lineman hold up the, the offensive lineman and the linebackers make the plays. And, and and we all know Florida State out recruited us with that defensive line defense yeah, period. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, I mean, and, and yeah, he don't keep the same style. He don't keep the same style, and we're gonna be. Then it's gonna, then it's gonna fail. It's gonna, it will, it will fail again if that's the case. And yeah, that's the case. The proof will be in the pudding, or everybody will be proven wrong, and and they'll look like a genius for stick to what they believe in. It's gonna go one way or the other. So, yeah, and you're gonna find, you're, you're, you're gonna get your answers soon enough. By the end of October, you're gonna know that either you and, and everybody else that's knocked it are a bunch of dummies. Or and and that they've known better all along, or it's going to fail again because it's never succeeded. And why? And what has changed? And what's different? It's going to go one way or the other. All right. Hey, thank you so much for being part of the show. Give us a call next week. All right. All right, guys. Awesome show tonight. I want to thank everybody that called in and participated. Um, we'll be back here next Tuesday night, same bad time, same bad channel. And um, until then, just be happy. Sometimes she's here, you can take a break I'm a hot air balloon that could go to space With the air, like I don't care, baby, by the way Yeah.